Right. All right. Now, obviously, you see the red light, so you already know what that means, everyone. We are live. Welcome to another Pin to Gas podcast on this Saturday afternoon for us over here across the pond. But for my good mate, Simon, the mayor Bordini, uh, he's actually in Australia, so it's 7 a.m. his time. So, bro, what an honor and welcome to the show. All right. Thanks for having me, Chris. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's 7 a.m. and ready to roll. Ready to rock and roll, I know, man. And listen, everyone, so me and Simon, a little backstory, uh, we become friends. We was on Facebook, and then we just uh, exchanged numbers, and we've been video chatting and talking it up. And, you know, we've been planning this for a long time. So we're here, and this is just part one of many that's going to come. So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, man. So let's get into it. Uh, I'm excited. So as always, I'd like to take it back to the very beginning. Like, how did you get introduced to motorcycles to begin with? Uh, all right. Well, my story uh, well, with, with racing, it, it's quite recent. So um, from my family and that, I never really got onto motorbikes when I was when I was young or anything like that. So um my first memory is like a t it's actually a toy a toy motorbike when i was a kid five or six year old like a little electric toy and then when i grew out of it i, I remember crying my eyes out because my parents gave it away to some other kid it was obviously way too small for me and uh i still have a memory of it but believe it or not uh and i think that's where the the love for motorcycle comes from i've, I've been broken very young uh and then um yeah, I, I never really raced or anything like that. When I was a kid, uh, I have an older sister. She's like about five, six years older than me, Chris. And, and uh, she had a little posty bike. I don't know if you've ever seen how they were, how they are back, back in Italy, but um, it's like a little 50cc steel frame with two wheels. That's basically what it is. Very basic, very slow thing. But I would have been nine nine years old, and I remember stealing stealing the thing from my sister, and I I destroyed this motorbike. I was nine ten, and I used to just ride it around the paddock and on the on the street. We come from, I come from like a little countryside town, so there was like lots of space and and room. So uh yeah nine ten years old i had a couple of mates living close by and they used to steal their brothers and sister little posty bikes and off we went uh till we destroyed them um and then uh back then uh when you were 14 years old in italy you were able to just jump on a 50 cc bike like one of those little posty bikes and by then my generation there was already scooters available uh you didn't need a license or anything you just turn 14 and off you go you can ride them to go to school to to do things so uh my parents made the big mistake of getting me a 50 cc scooters and within three weeks it was basically a racing 90 cc weapon <laughs> that me and my mates were working on and uh you probably seen I often I often talk about this because it's actually very recent with guys with guys here. A couple of mates from motor school, they got their hands on a couple of racing little scooters. That here it's it's not so common, and I'm so jealous because uh, it just reminds me of my childhood, and I won one. I won one really badly because um, yeah, they're quick. 
they fast and there was so much fun. So I, say, I always, I always say there is videos online. I, th I think most of them on YouTube, if you do a bit of search, you find them about Valentino, Valentino Rossi and, and, and his friends and how they used to write. That was, that was our childhood, our generation. You just yeah. a small town. Everyone's got the scooters. Every night you catch up with your friends in the local piazza in the town and off we went and raced each <clears> other. So, and be silly onto these things. <laughs> right, very silly. Very silly. Till you're old, old enough to get a car. Uh, and I, I I think that's that's mainly where my actual passion, that's where I, st where I started, you know, as I said, like those scooters are 50cc when they come out of, of the factory, they do 50, 60 kilometers an hour, but they race them in Italy. So we used to put like big ball kits, exhausts, cab, cabbies, long, long gearing, all that. And they go to doing 50, 60 kilometers an hour to do 150 kilometers an hour. So they were quick and we were racing each other. As I said, you, you watch, there's some good videos of Valentino and his mates and they fly, they fly. They fly. Yeah. I've yeah. seen them. Yeah. And also uh, they, they had those little ape cars too, right? What they call yeah, the little yeah, ape. Yeah. 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 If, if you're in, like, that, that's probably, that, that's a quite famous docker because his father was very worried about his sanity anger you need something they i think the excuse they said it's because it's cold in winter you gotta be enclosed but it was more, more about you're gonna get hurt here so they just bought him the upper the upper the ape the ape yeah. cars so they're a bit closer a bit safer but then i think it turned out that all his mates got ape and they started racing those ones in town as well uh but yeah so that, that's where i kind of as little as it is, we were just going on the road and we're going, okay, I'm, I'm generally faster than my buddies. Or like we were two or three of us were battling each other on the road, but you know, the big pack are like, oh, you know, I can, I could actually do a little bit of riding. And then I never, I never did like at that age. And uh, I had um, a few rides on road bikes, mates road bikes and that uh, go-karting is really big around my area. Uh, CIG, Tony Cards, like a couple of the biggest yeah. manufacturers of go cards are really close by from my place. Uh, CIG is actually they actually the the founder was mates with my dad, and that's so like I had the, I had the like one of my friends had a little go kart. We used to go uh, to the local go kart track here and there on the weekends, and there I've I've seen some amazing drivers uh, there. Um, but we can talk. We can talk about about the Google cards a bit later. Uh, yeah, so from from that point, really, once I got my license, and and you know, my my dad gave away that scooter for desperation to someone that was just driving past, and so the scooter, and my dad said, "It's your, it's yours. My son can drive now. Don't want to see that thing anymore." Uh, I never really, I never really, yeah. Apart from the occasional uh, road ride and that, I've been off the bike since I came here to Australia. Uh, and uh, about 10 years ago, I started working where I work. Uh, my boss was going to the track and uh, they had track bikes and I was uh, looking at them in awe and I didn't do anything for a couple of years, two, three years. And then one of the owners uh, left the business and then the bike was left there and my boss was going to sell it. And I said, I want it. I want it bad. And he was very, very kind to kind of give it to me very cheap uh and he here we are now i think uh, about seven years later i'm completely addicted uh 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the best best choice in my life, I gotta say. Uh, to finally get get a track bike, we started doing track days. Uh, oh, I think I think I actually realized so before I actually bought the track bike from my boss. Um, I done my license back here in Australia because I had it in Italy and never never renewed it. So I done my license here. I bought myself a little learner approved Kawasaki ER six ten, a little like na- mm-hmm. naked Ninja six fifty. Yeah, um, nice little bike for the street. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was I'm I'm still upset. I sold that bike because. Uh, um i found the deal of a lifetime so when i, I was looking at my boss gave me a, a good um, good guidance because i was looking at mt07 brand new and then i started looking at ducati monsters and that and he saw it in me straight away he's like don't buy yourself because here with the, the law of learner learner approved bikes so they're limited like in power and all that he just went don't don't spend big money on a brand new learner approved motorbike because as soon as you're off the l plate you're gonna want a weapon you're gonna want to go fast and like no and i was so i ended up coming down and go okay i'm gonna find something secondhand and i found this little uh, the previous owner he had to sell it quick so i bought this little yeah and he already had all in cartridges all in shock he had already like a, a, a dino jet power commander in it and yoshi exhaust uh, and I bought it for like four grand, right? So so yeah. cheap. Yeah. And and I started going on the run. Like this is fun. Uh, I changed the bars to like lower it a little bit. Like I, I didn't have a clip on, but I had a straight chopper bar on it. Yeah. So like, but it gave me a little bit more of like a a, a racing position. Uh, and then I started doing track days. I remember the first couple of track days. I used to scrape the pegs off this thing. Like and uh, it was so much fun. And now because the 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 twin cap is sort of uh, my mate Brian Bolster is pushing pushing a lot for it. he's been pushing the last few years, but like with the twins and that it's it's not as big as in the US. Uh but uh, I, as I said, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind having it here now. Like I see that you go there's there's uh, with the St George Motorcycle Club, there's a, a class called Formula St George where they mix they mix the twins and um um and the four hundreds, the motor three uh, the little bikes because there's similar lap times around Eastern Creek, uh, just very different power. Obviously, you got a, a twin with like I'm not sure another 70, 80 horsepower now, and and a little motor three, and then they got the the little three hundreds at the same time. They all got like different top speeds and different yeah. corner speeds, so they battle it out. It, it's really interesting to watch. I wouldn't mind having a little Ninja six fifty and jumping in there. Uh, sometimes um but yeah after that i had the chance of coming onto my my first bike my or my cbr 600 first track bike um which was in 2016 17 i think so not that long ago uh yeah and then jump on that few track days a few few coaching days uh, on it because i coming from the road and like you know in, in the back of your mind i was like i'm 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 a fast rider you know i used to smoke my friends on my scooters and like i i used to go on the road i'm fast i jump on my cbr and i go to Insta, eastern creek and back then glenn allerton uh, i don't know you know glenn three times australian yeah. superbike champion he was part of the track days team there and he was on like on a stock stock road 
one with tired, like something very stock. And I think in turn two, it just outbroke me by about a hundred meters sideways. And I was like breaking, thinking that I'm going super fast. And just this road bike just goes, yeah. And it's breaking hundred meters later and getting in the corner sideways with his elbow on the ground. And I'm like, okay, I'm not fast. <laughs> I'm, I might need some formal coaching here. <laughs> uh, it's very, very different. Like, so to transition from that road to start understanding the track. And that took me, it took me a couple of years for sure of like training and then, then decided to go racing with a club. Um, and yeah, that's, that's been basically what I've been doing the past six years since 2017, uh, probably 18, 18, 19 is when I started to be, be more seriously. Um, yeah. And I've been yeah, a bit of club racing now trying to go a little bit national every now and then do some runs in ASBK, wherever I can kind of keep up with the back of the pack. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's my, my riding history. Dude, that's what a history that is, right? And <laughs> dude, yeah, that's uh, that's proper. Those little fifty cc's, man. That, uh, that, dude, bro. So you can't wanna, get one now. One. Oh yeah, yeah uh, apparently you can. Like, like a couple of uh, mates from uh, from motor school that they work with us at their track when we do we do uh, track days and and riding coaching. Just before Christmas, they're like, oh, you know, we bought two Aprilia SRs for 300 bucks i was like what what and like yeah, yeah 300 bucks it's already got a mupo shock it's already all done up for track riding I'm like oh it probably needs like a new new cylinder head or like it needs a rebuild but it's like 350 bucks like yeah. i would have paid three and a half grand for it right <laughs> yeah. right yeah 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 i'm, I'm so I, I think if i do a bit of search i might be able to find something but I, i'd say most likely we'd have to find a, a scooter here and then get all the parts from Italy and change. But yeah. they, they're, they're very simple, very simple mechanics, not much electrical. But um, if you look up, if you look, I still follow all them. In Italy, there's a, 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 a tournament by one of the manufacturers called Malossi, Malossi Cup. Uh, the Malossi Cup is probably the biggest event in Italy because Malossi, one of the manufacturers of all the parts and the cylinder heads and that. Now they do... I think there's a couple of different classes. So the 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 50cc scooters they actually got it's a 70cc big ball kit. So it's the 70cc class. I think they got the pro and like the amateur class. But they with with the evolving of scooters, they now do them with like the Yamaha T Max and the the Nexus the 500 the 500 cc. And I think they also got a big ball kit, so they get them to 575 or 580 something like. That. And those things they fly. They, I don't want to say something stupid, but I think I've seen like top speed of 230, 240, like 220. Holy shit. They, they fly. They fly. They fly. Uh, yeah. 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 They, they, they quick. Obviously, there's a 500cc single cylinder machine. It, it, it goes. They go. And if you, if you follow, I follow them because you see the big packs and they all look the same. They all got the Malostic color scheme, nice fluoro, yellow, fluoro, red. Uh, it looks like heaps of fun. As I was saying before, I, if there was something here in Australia on that that uh, type of of competition, I'd be on it a hundred percent. All in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all in, dude. That's also uh, talk to us about your coaching in in your uh, events you hold. Uh well, 
I, I, I just recently last year actually did like a formal coaching license because initially, so I started, um, uh, with Sydney West Riders, like one of, one of my sponsors and a couple of, uh, um, the, the, the venues where, um, I started working with, um, about four years ago, like very, very early from when I started racing, sort of, I started doing track days. Sydney West Rider just manages uh, a small track called Ludnam, just outside Western Sydney. And uh, as part of our sponsorship, um, we go and we mentor newcomers. So normally they, when they do track days, uh, ask more experienced riders, we just go with their new time, um, first timers and the newcomers and we just work with them during the day it's it's not really coaching but we do like first session first time they're on the track we take them out for a couple of laps just to familiarize with the track and then they go out and we give them the opportunity we say it's not this is not a formal coaching event but you've got two three experienced riders here they're going to be out with you all day on track if you've got any questions and we mainly we go out to just make sure there's no one doing something that's really inappropriate for the truck. You obviously do your briefing and safety briefings and all that. And you give them like the, the, the rules of the track. But um, as we were saying before, sometimes like coming from the road, jumping on the track is not, not quite as straightforward for everyone. Um, so I've, I've seen some silly stuff being, being done on tracks before. Uh, so that's, that's how it started. <clears throat> and then, um, I really, there's sometimes you go to the track on a, like a day like that and no one, no one asks you a question. You might have guys that are, you know, just very familiar with the, with the bikes and that they go all day. But um, I was really enjoying the days when, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> when um, I, I got asked questions. I, I, I love talking bikes. I can talk bikes all day, all me the time. Too. And, yeah. and, uh, when someone be less experienced, I, I I always say I wish I wish I was lucky. I had to pay for formal training quite a, quite a lot when when I started, and um, then they started having a couple of days where there was there was a few experienced riders there. You can ask a few questions here and there, but it was already a bit later after I started. And, and I tell them like I wish I had someone there all day. I could have asked so many questions, and like it's it's. So I always tell them, like, from the most simple thing, just just ask me. I'm here. I'm I'm just and and then when you when you have someone that's really keen and they ask you to go and follow them and then show them the lines or something like that, I really enjoyed it. So that's how it started uh, last year. I I did a, a formal license, uh, so I'm a stage one um, motorcycling Australia coach uh started working with motor school which is quite fresh quite new you've probably seen i post a lot online like every all, yeah. all the events with motor yeah. school um but yeah motor school we we do we do coaching days at, and i guess you can call it it's a type of track day but uh it's not just a normal track day every session has to have a class uh, where we have a curriculum with some content that we we show the students, uh, and then yeah, we we got very very similar concept. So um, 
we have a curriculum which has got is got the basics of what what we show uh line work body position uh the control steering braking like the various techniques uh the day is structured in different groups depending on on uh, speed and that is actually a group that's for street riders only so we have uh, uh specialized coaches that they do street only and then level one two uh, three four um depending on where you are. The content is very, very similar across across all the classes, just depending on the level and the level of the coaches and that. But yeah, yeah, very similar. So we um, we speak about the basics of writing. Uh, and I'm, I'm a big advocate of it. Like I've been in classes sometimes when, I, when I'm coaching in their races group. Uh, I had uh, the first night I had Harry Curry come in the class and he's like, I've I've been lucky to race with Harry when he comes and he trains he trains here and he comes to our club races like well Harry's about a few seconds faster than me, you know. So what do you what do you coach? What do you coach to right. a young rider that's way faster than you? But I, I'm I'm um, I'm very and I'm I'm sure um, very convinced about it that those basic four elements that we coach like your vision your reference points they are the base for any motorcycle rider and obviously harry around eastern creek is doing it a little bit better than me but if you grab mark marquez and you put in there and it's going to go another few seconds faster that's because he's he's doing those same things just a little bit better or he's more familiar with it he's, he's better trained and and he can push the bike a little bit further uh, and use his vision a little bit better to give him the extra edge. So um, the content is is very good of what we're coaching. It's just a matter of like what level you're at. But having having a day, come to the track, and it's not just a track day. It's not a race where you just go max flat out. Uh, there you have the opportunity to just remind yourself and you have current reference points that a professional rider, Giuseppe, Giuseppe, our head coach, Scacella, he raced in, in World Supersport, went, went to Italy and that is amazing, amazing rider. He, he's got, he puts those down for you. I had my Italian friends that they came and they did a, a track day recently and we always go out together. To, to the track, I often do track days with them, and uh, some of them are, are quick, just a little bit slower than me. And I often say, "Well, you know, like your line is a little bit, you know, you, you're getting in the corner a little bit early, or like you're starting breaking a bit early, or like even if you're breaking late, then you, you just and and I try. We've been working on it for months, and and just me saying it's it's not. And even if I go in front and say, just follow me, it's a bit hard. Well. We ended the day and they're like, can you leave the cones? Can you leave the cones on the track? Because it's so much easier. Like I've got that cone and the breaking point in turn two. Like I used to tip in like way too early now and just holding in the bike and just holding in there. I get to the cone and then I'm off the bike and I start tipping in and just subconsciously that you start tipping in the bike a lot quicker. Like instead of like tipping in slow, 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 getting to the apex, they just stay in the line, stay in the bike and then just go head out and then boom, tip, tip in a lot, a lot quicker. And, uh, you're not just, as you got the visual reference, you're not really, uh, focusing on like the speed. You just know, I'm going to have to hit the cone. And then after the cone, I'm going to have to hit the next one. And then after the next one, the next one, the next one. And that, so you're just focusing on that. And at the end of the day, you go faster. Uh, 
So, yeah, well, with motor school, motor school is is uh, is uh, becoming more and more, and and I think we got big plans to to go around Australia and and bring it to Phillip Island and other tracks and that. So, I'm uh, super pumped to work with the boys. We have an amazing team, amazing team of guys. Um, yeah, we have so much fun. I had one Friday night. I think I got home at like two thirty a.m. Uh, after we finished pack up and uh, we closed the gate and I still spent another half an hour talking to my mate Seb because I'm going down to Phillip Island at the end of the month for racing and I tried to get tips from him on how to go faster. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's great. It's great with motor school. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Actually, I just had a buddy of mine, Chris uh, Glandon, um yeah. <clears throat> on the podcast and pro tampa rider and, and he he does coaching for street riders right exactly what yep. you was talking about and he actually has a comment he says he 100 percent agrees with you and that yeah. fundamentals work at any level and he was talking yep. about the same thing the code you know using the cones and yep. reference and breaking points man all, all that right. matters especially if you really want to ride fast i i I, I said in the class as well, having the cones out, we recently did at the start of January an actual masterclass, so like a, a full day on the big track. G generally, we started with motor school, which is good, like especially for street riders. Eastern Creek has got two, it's got a south circuit and a GP circuit. So south circuit is just a section of the track, which is quite a lot slower. It doesn't have the big straight and that is just like the big section and some slower corners at the back. Um, but we did this masterclass on the big track uh, where I'm, I'm getting quite fast normally, but there's like the some section having, having the cones from Seb down. I was like, wow, it just gives me, it gives me in certain corners a reference point going, oh, I'm actually not, not, you know, holding, holding the throttle open enough. I got an extra, I got another 10, 15 meters in this corner. I can work on, oh, this corner I've been apex, apexing, way too early uh, or way too late or and it, it helps me definitely so it's like it can help anyone really yeah that's awesome i mean it's it's great idea you know so coaching uh street riders obviously is different than coaching uh racers right um yeah yeah, yeah. how do you approach coaching street oh. riders like like me and you right because i was a squid yeah. too on the street out here full leather yeah. suit dragging my knees 150 wherever yeah. i go ride yeah. Willies. Yeah, yeah yeah i would listen i always told my mates i was like dude i'd ride a willy for a dog if, if a dog loved it right every time i see like, willy <laughs> <laughs> you're up right, right? Right? Oh, man, funny funny um you know we were talking about pussy bikes and 50 cc's and uh, I don't know what happened to me. I struggled to get the wheel. I mean, when my bike, my S6, like it gets on one wheel, exiting corners and that's a little piece, but I never, um, I haven't done wheelies in a long time and I'm, I'm I'm still a little bit nervous. Sometimes I'm doing wheelies. And I remember when I was nine, nine years old, I used to steal this posty bike from my sister and I used to pop these monos for kilometers on the road. I used to just go around corners. I could keep this thing up. I destroyed, I remember, I, I was practicing on rainy day. We had like a factory where my parents had their business and I was going inside the factory. And I used to just load this thing a full, like full speed. It was only 50 kilometers an hour. But imagine like this person by going, ah, and I used to just hit this corner of, of concrete on the ground and just 
pick up this this bike and just inside the factory doing wheelies and i hit the desk there was a desk in the corner so i like hit hit the desk and i'm pretty sure the desk just flew off the door the entry door of the factory i got in trouble for it and just destroyed the thing pick it up go again and now i'm like if if i was to ride and do wheelies like when i was nine years old I'd be a world champion, man. Right? <laughs> right? I wish. I wish. I but, wish. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, wheelies are, yeah, you got to practice them, especially you on do. the big bikes. Uh, yeah. I think, like longer wheelbase and that, you just got to get comfortable. Uh, it's not usually at, um, at track days, you know, it's one of the main things. We're not here to do wheelies, stoppies. Yeah. Uh, so you don't get to practice them that, that much on the track. But for, street riders um i don't really i haven't done any any coaches with motor school any classes in street normally i'm in the track in the track group okay. but uh um, one of the things even with senior west riders when i'm often when i was at ludnam and that we get people that ride on the street there's people come comes up with a street bike and then they just do their track day on track and then they off they go they went they go back home on the on their bike uh it's um Oh, one of one of the main things I, I usually on the on the road you're a lot safer you got a lot more dangers so even it not everyone you get people riding on the street like if it's their racetrack but um generally you have a lot more margin on the road like you're riding in your lane you don't go all the way to the edge of the white line exiting a corner or, or maybe entering and maybe right. entering a corner if no one's coming the other way you just go a little bit <laughs> wide but you want to make sure that when you when you're squeezing the gas and exiting a corner you want to make sure you don't go past the white line because if a truck is coming on the other side you don't want to do that well you you look at races on track how often do you see motor gp riders go past outside the track they go on the and dust comes up they go in the grass and, that, and they they use the old track and more when they yeah. can and that's probably one of the hardest thing i don't use the old track as the fastest guys in australia so the kids in asbk and that they are a bit, bit faster or a few seconds fastest i always find um i was at philip island the other day and the last corner is very um it's very deceiving. You don't see as you're coming into the last corner, you full speed in fourth gear, you bang in fifth gear, you you're flying, you're fast. And you as you're going downhill, you kind of struggle to see the exit away from you. And the second you can look away, you can see the exit. At the exit, it actually dips down. So you don't see the ripple strip. You just see you don't see the exit at all. So you exit in this corner in fifth gear, 200 k's an hour whatever and you don't know where you're gonna land like you, you just don't know you don't see so you gotta you gotta know you gotta know when to get on the gas and squeeze it <clears throat> and uh, every time I, I get there i get to the exit and i go oh, i could have gone a bit earlier because i still got a couple of meters like i end up being still a meter two meters away from the ripple strip and you see videos of the of the motor gp guys they go all the way to the ripple strip and then and then bring it back in on the road you, you don't you can't do that. So that's one of the biggest things I, I usually tell people, like your vision is so important. Like you can look through corners on the track and the track is big. Generally, it's a lot bigger than your one lane on the road. So to learn how to to ride the motorbike to its maximum potential, even if it's not its maximum potential, but like to use the old track in the exit, in the entry and that, it requires training and, and, uh, and seat time sit down just getting used to it um yeah it is uh 
peripheral vision, right? Like I'm sitting here looking at Very you, sure. but I see, I see what's going on here, what's 100%. going on here outside the birds and all that, right? So, 100%. yeah, dude, peripheral vision is a lot uh, going on. Um, it, it's it's uh, I was I was like you too, right? On the street, I was. Um, I actually was a little bit opposite for me. I wasn't the fastest of of my friends on the street, but when we finally talked shit and signed up yeah. did our first track day, I was the fastest out of everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then um, yeah, I remember I, I I started going more and more. I'm starting to get faster, moving up in classes, novice, intermediate, you know, expert. And I'm like, I got this. This is this is the shit, right? And then um, yeah. his name was Mark. I can never remember his last name. It starts with an L. He had a ZX7R, and he was the the CCS champion. And he was out there that day on a track day, right? And he come by me exactly like you said, right? Hundred meters late on the brakes, total sideways, and I was like, "Yeah, I can't ride. Yeah, I'm not fast at all. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go home and humble myself on my PlayStation. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I look like you know you get a. You always have to be realistic about it, you, you know. Now at, at my age, and there are like as much as I want to. You always want to go faster, and you like, especially in racing. I don't think there's anyone entering a race not to win it. But you know what I mean. You enter right. a race to go. That 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 you you want to beat everyone in there, but you got to be realistic like that. Especially now, or when I do ASBK, or even in, in our Saint George races, especially the night series, uh, all the the faster guys around the country they come there for training and and to participate in the event, and uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough to get close to them and see them for a few corners before they they disappear. Uh, but you got to be realistic and go, you know. I will never be as fast as Cameron Duncan. We started, you know, Australian Super Sport Championship. He started flat track when he was, I can't remember, I don't know, like four or yeah. five years old. And at 16, he's, he's the current champion. Uh, like, you don't, you don't catch up. <laughs> like, yeah, you, you might get close if you're lucky like me that, you know, you work with some amazing guys like Motor School, Sydney West Riders, and you get a lot of sick time and you get to go to the track a lot. Then you prove and that it requires to be as fast as those guys. The, the physical training, um, very important uh, to, to me. To me at the moment is probably the most important part to, to finding the time to... Um, do the cardio and and the the gym training and all that because uh, I I definitely feel feel the difference when I'm not not fit. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying not fit, but I'm I'm not I'm nowhere near that way. I'm a bit of a heavier guy as well, so um, you, you just you just gotta be realistic. You're never gonna get to that that pace, Chris. I'm sorry to break it for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to let you know, but uh, you're not Valentina Rossi's son. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, that's yeah. good stuff, man. That's that's yeah. It's it's uh, man. You know, and it actually. Uh, riding on the street and then going to doing our track days, right? And then actually competing in racing, which I've done too. Your mindset's completely different. But then when you finally go back and you and you go back to ride on the street, right? Because obviously, if you start doing a lot of track days and stuff, I really didn't ride on the street a whole lot, right? Um, yeah. and then uh, man, racing was just so expensive, so I was like, you know what, I'll just do track days because I'm not, I humbled myself. I was like, I started late, even though I grew up riding, I just yeah, I don't 
Yeah, best I ever did was uh, seventh in a 30-minute endurance race, which to me, I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, at the same time, you know, even to make it to that next level cost a whole, like, two more levels of expense that comes yeah. along with that one next yeah. step, right? Yeah. So, I, uh, I yeah. Think, I think I, I'm not sure how it is in the U.S. Like, I, I don't know the scene, obviously, no, 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 a, lot more, a lot more. I think he, here in Australia, um, in Sydney, especially, obviously, I, I talk, talk a lot about New South Wales and Sydney, but like other states like Victoria and Queensland as well, very similar. But we're starting to have some cheaper options back back in the sport. So like I, I even in collaborating and, and like that group of my Italian friends that they come and do track days with us uh, very regularly and they go as a group and that I, I always push and go, come, come and race like with the St. George Club. It's uh, when I started especially to me it was like no difference to doing track days like you can depends how you take it obviously at the pointy end at the front you got the asbk guys they come they change every tire every race like we do a sprint race of seven laps eight laps and then they chuck a tire and they just put a fresh tire but you can just buy yourself a set of a set of uh tires and do two days i used to do that at the start depends on what tires but if you go with a medium compound a bit, bit harder than that you put a fresh set of tires you do your quality saturday morning and you do your sprint races uh the, the format is is like you get six sessions if you do two classes cross entries it's like a track day so you got roughly six 20 minute sessions on the saturday six 20 minute sessions on the sunday and you can do it on a set of tires if you yeah. have no expectation there's a lot of guys that they come and they have fun. They race each other in their the group. They're a few seconds behind us, but it, it's a challenge. Now, now, from this year, we got different classes as well in 600s, depending on the lap times and what type of racing you do. Uh, so it's like a race your mates kind of. It's not really like what there was a class here. There was like race your mates and it was like on road bikes. They, they did it. It was a lot more. They had a lot more concessions compared to normal track bikes. Uh, but what I'm getting at is that there is here, you know, so options for people that just do track this, just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing some racing just to have fun. This commuter lights racing now, which is the, the NSRs or the, the, uh, Aprilia, like one, two, five, four stroke engines, like really slow bikes, but on small track, they do one season, like eight races on a set of tires. So you, <laughs> yeah, so it's like Dude. they put a set of tires and they do 500 laps on those. Th they're almost like road tires, right? But, uh, it's not about like that. That bike is so light, and that you don't you don't chew the tires. It's just about corner speed and and, yeah. and like being smooth and that. So you, th there is options to have fun. There's option with mini bikes and motors as well, which is a little bit cheaper. Uh, I've I've I got to a point a few years ago when I started becoming more involved in it and i knew what i wanted to race and uh, that's why i sold that that little ninja that little ninja 650 i sold it because i was like oh, i want to do track more uh i'm not having much fun on the road so i sold it about myself a motor and i started going here with with new software supermoto we were able to do like 100 dollars, 120 dollars wednesday nights so finish finish work uh had the car already packed up get to the track at 5 p.m 5 30 p.m you're on track 
you do you, you, we had six sessions i used to do four because i was destroyed by the fourth one already tired it's like 8 39 p.m you, you got it out of the system on a little go-kart track uh and it's it was amazing training tool for the big bikes i, I ended up i never bought a road bike back so I, I don't ride on the road anymore unless i get a ride from somewhere or something like but it, it's um um there there is options i don't know i don't know in the us how it is like if you if you're serious about it and obviously you gotta have the i'm i'm lucky like with motor school senior west riders and that i have a lot more access at the track that that's helped me greatly that's probably why we we're talking as well like you know i had all the all the exposure with those guys but also being able to go to the track a lot more i don't have i didn't have to those uh, mentoring days at Ludnam where I was like mentoring first time is in the in the slow group and I was able to just go into the fast group and with that motor so and I was like so in the day I do 15 sessions in a day it's amazing training and, and again yeah. I get a lot of a lot of riding and it, it it's a lot more affordable obviously if you do that but um um, it can like obviously requires a bit of thinking, looking at the options that you have with the mini motors, the the motor, the, the the little bikes and that. But um, he, here in Sydney, there's definitely options uh, to 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 go racing. Yeah, I mean we we, we got options too here. Like uh, I got several buddies. One I said earlier, my my, my man uh, Chris Gladden from Pro Tampa Rider, um, Pro Rider Tampa. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, and my other buddy, Michael Carrera, SFL Mini GP. Yeah, they have classes like with the old valets, the Groms, and all that, right? That, that's something I'd love to do is get me like a little Honda Grom because they're cheap. Man, you you can big bore kid, all that pipe, all that, right? And just go out and it's cheap racing and it's a hell of a lot of fun, right? Let's just yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. You don't have the big expense that, that comes with it. Uh, I, uh, I'm i sorry, Chris, that that I, 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 I murdered your last name again, man. I, I'm, I'm bad with last names, bro. So, I'm on I am I'm bad uh, but yeah I, I, I ride on the street um, not as much as I'd like to but I, I bought a RC 51 it was one, always one of my dream bikes right? uh, that's, my, that's my dream bike Dude, always bro, it's, yes always. It, it's so awesome um, but yeah I love to man it's just you know uh, I do have a local track VR it's like an hour and 20 minutes away and they also have a car track but I don't have a Grom right I need to uh, I need to buy one um, but yeah, it's, uh, I love the little mini motos, you know, and the super motos I've had several super motos and that's a hell of a lot of fun too. Right. But then again, yeah. uh, you got to humble yourself cause there's guys out there on the super motos that are just <laughs> bonkers. Right. And you're yeah. like, Holy yeah. shit. Like, I don't even want to ride now cause I'm gonna look yeah. like a retard out here. Right. I'm <laughs> yeah. And these guys are like, yeah. Okay. Sideways. Handlebar, yeah, dude. Sideways yeah, yeah. handlebars on the ground. Almost. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, this is that's insane. Yeah. Bro, it's it's nuts. So we, we actually have a comment too from Chris Lewis. Uh he's actually a, a, a good uh he he always watches in um which is it always an honor. So thank you, Chris. He says, I find it sad and certainly not yeah. in all cases, but it's sad when you don't get truly talented racers uh getting to higher levels because they can't afford it, but the ones with money can. Well, I mean that's you know, uh, unfortunately our sport the sport is super expensive, right? And there's listen, throughout I mean, let's just be honest. The last 30 years, we've probably lost maybe two or three Valentino Rossi's that nobody knows uh, about that. That could have been right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, Casey yeah, Stoners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a, 
and and then Chris Gladney again, man. Yeah, many tracks for the win, and you learn a lot more with less risk. You're right because you're lower speed, right? right? But yeah, you're having yeah. just as much fun uh, on the little mini bike as you are on the big yeah. bikes. I uh, something obviously I'm doing a bit of promotion for myself and like my my. There you go. A uh, bit of bit of uh, <laughs> bit of publicity, but you probably see I post a lot about it as well. So with TF Moto and my partner, my business partner Luigi, we import we import Bucci, uh, Bucci mini GPs and pit bikes here in Australia, um, and uh, we've been involved a lot this year with the New South Wales Supermoto Mini Moto Club. So we did the whole series uh, of racing. We do track days, and we we have bikes for hire as well, but. Um, when Luigi first approached me, it's probably about a year and a half ago, a bit longer maybe, to go and, and come on board and start riding. And the first time I rode a mini GP bike, like a, I'm going to say the competition competition brand, but that's what everyone knows in the world, the Ovale, the Ovales, but which are better. Just the same size, same size, but same size bike. The first time I jumped on it and I went on the go-kart track, and I started riding it the way I ride a road bike, my R6. And I was like, holy moly, I like I can't I can't ride. I'm like, what's going on here? It took me a good three sessions to start going, okay, I gotta change, I gotta change the way I'm riding here. And it took me a good three track days, three days on the bike to start going to a half decent pace. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm the current under 2023 mini motor. New South Wales champion, right? <laughs> so, uh, not not that's that's one of the things we were talking about before. Not because I'm the fastest rider of mini motor, mini GPs in New South Wales. I'm the only one who entered all the class, all the races, all the events, and that as a sponsor, <laughs> right? Uh, but that's 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 um, something we really are pushing with with the club with TF because. Uh, uh, for juniors, for juniors to come, and juniors are a little bit more onto it. But even for for grown ups like us, it's a perfect training tool. Uh, it's it's cheaper, uh, and uh, it's more affordable for everyone. So anyone who is a bit more serious about it, as I said, I I made the great choice back then. There was no mini motor when I did, but I sold my road bike and I bought the motor. Uh, I could have bought a mini motor now. I could have sold my road bike. But I went to the point of like I'm not. I'm not. I can't. I got three kids. I'm not gonna go through the national park at 200 clicks an hour, and an animal comes out. Like you know how, how you know how dangerous how dangerous it is to go ride fast on the road. So I went. Okay, I like to go fast. I gotta go to the track. What I can't do track days twice a week because I'll be broke in, in 15 days. Right. So what do I do? So I look for options, but those options are available now uh, with the Bucci Mini Motors. As I was saying, like it's um. You can't really trail brake that much. These these things they don't have power, and and uh, the suspension is so sensitive. The bike is little. Every input you do to it, it, it just it just reflects instantly to the way the motorbike behaves. So you have to be smooth uh, to go a bit quicker. You have to use the old track. You have to be on the line. So you have to bring it all the way to the apex and over. Like your wheel has to be on the ripple strip, and you gotta be on the grass. And when you exit, you gotta use the old exit. So to be quick, you, you get the, the the young guys and the faster guys, and they, they amazing. They just instantly go go quick, and they use the old track and all that. But to it takes a bit of training, 
uh, and if you go and do it regularly all the time, you just see the results. I, at this, when I started jumping on the butchies on the mini GPs, that's when I actually skimmed down another second or so on the big track with my R6, and that's where I got into, okay, I can probably go and do national level here. Like, you know, I'm doing club racing, but I'm getting close to the lap times that the guys in the back, mid-backpack mid of ASBK are doing at the local track. So I just decided to go and do the jump a little bit. So, but that that's definitely what gave me that extra help that to extra be help. able to get that. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's awesome. And uh, Luigi, what is going on, man? Thank you for watching. Uh, yeah. He says, he says at Cameron Park. Yes, yes, that was. I think it was the first time I jumped on uh, on the mini. Uh, was it at Cameron Park last year? Yeah, I, th I think it was uh, last year, uh, the year before. Uh, and it's it's a it's a little it's a little goka track just a couple of hours north of Sydney here, which is per, it's the perfect setup for for the mini bikes we go. We have a lot of fun. I really enjoy um, as part of the New South Wales Championship. Like we go up the north coast at, uh, at uh, Port Macquarie. Uh, it's a little goka track. It's about five hours north. It's almost close to the Queensland border, so it's a bit more tropical. And I love I love finishing work. Uh, Friday afternoon or after lunch, jump in the van, drive up, and just spending two days in the in the uh, in the rainforest. There, you just in the middle of the forest with your track. There's nothing else, just a bunch of races, and then we go into town and just close to the water, have a bit of a good meal, a beer. It's it feels like a holiday. I I, I love going up there. I think we went three times last year, and I would have gone up thirty times if I could. <laughs> that's dude that's amazing man yeah and so out here you know obviously we don't have a uh, bushy out here right uh we have oh, you do. i'm pretty oh, oh uh, we do okay 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 uh, well, i'm sorry let me, we do. let me check I, i'm sure there is in canada for sure because i i follow the guys um i'm surprised i it doesn't ring a bell i'm surprised uh yeah yeah i'm just uh reading chris's comment about bushy being out yeah. of budget and Kayo's YCF. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and I know how it is. We we have the same heat. Like again, depends on what, what level you wanna. I'm I'm lucky, obviously, uh, uh, with Bucci. Bucci uh are very, very uh Luigi says they do hundred percent in the US. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh in Ovalle, I think I think the 190, if I'm not mistaken, yep. is like what sixty nine hundred US dollars, Chris. Is, is, is am, am I right on that? Yeah. That sounds about right. 65, 6,900, seven grand, right? Which is a lot, though. I mean, to be honest with you, for a little 190. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, without without going without going into into like too much bitching about these things, but uh, Ovale is the biggest brand in the world. Obviously, they are associated with the FIM with the FIM Mini GP Championship, and they yeah. get kids to Valencia, and then they do their own cup. Uh, we a Bucci that we import is already got Mazzelli race suspension in it. It's got like some billet parts and all that. Like you, you get a Bucci out of the box for the same money, money, and okay. uh, and it's got and, and it's got a little bit more performance parts in it. Well, I think on your Valley you have to spend a bit more money to get it to the I performing gotcha. level. But you know, it's uh, 
the, the thing is, I understand completely here in Australia as well. I understand completely, you know, someone, they want to do the FIM series, then then you, you are obliged to go into you know, Novale because that's the only bike no that bad, they can. Yeah. But there is, there is support classes. So like for us grown-ups, for adults, uh, you can enter the 12-inch uh, class. You don't have, it doesn't have to be a certain bread. You can you can enter with KOs, you can enter with yeah. YCF. I have friends that they got you know they alpha the price and yeah. you still have fun you still oh, have yeah, fun yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so well mainly what i was getting at was the price like is the price comparable to an ovale is, is what yeah, i was getting yeah, at yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what i was telling you okay. like they very yeah. we very much here in australia as I said, like around the world i i don't know uh as much because i don't know the markets but i know here we are very very much the same the same price and then it depends on the bike and the yeah. support you get generally as i said like Bucci specifically, it doesn't, we, we don't, they come from the factory already with Mazelli race suspension in them. It's a, it's a performance bike and, and yeah. Yeah, the price point reflects on that. Yeah. Uh, but, and then you can, you can put slipper clutches, quick shifters. You, you can, you can add oh, yeah, auto yeah, blippers right on this uh, little uh, thing. <laughs> uh, they, yeah. Yeah. All right, which is, um, it, it's great it's great like i find especially with the 190 if you're going to the, the smaller engines the 160 not so much with the 190 engine i find that it's such a it's such a um a well-performing engine and it's got the torque down the bottom when we go like cameron park paul Macquarie, you basically go around the track in third gear all the time third gear has got enough torque to get you out of a corner and uh even slow hairpins and then you just go into it in third and then you just pull fourth gear on the straight but you got very little and that that's why i think it's a very good training tool for your riding as well because you probably focus a bit less on like all the gear changes and getting into the corner with the right gearing and downshifting at the right time and yeah. that it's all about the way your line the way you position yourself and just the way you ride rather than the inputs the inputs in gear changes and and accelerating so much it's uh um to be a very very good training tool for that reason i'm gonna have uh -huh. to man you know what I'm, I'm gonna have to look them up man because i would love to uh like i said give me like a little grom or uh yeah yeah uh, a, a little ovale and just just have something i can just go down to the local cart track or yeah. probably yeah, a, a just, mini a, a pit bike i'd say it's a bit like i i and i ride a lot the mini gp bikes like the ovales and our mini gp bikes you're so crunched up. They 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 still little. I know they'd be bigger oh, than man. a classic mini motor. Three sessions on those, and my knees are screaming for help. Okay. Uh, okay. So the mini the mini dirt bikes, the mini dirt bikes, like which is our our pit bikes. I think they very similar to a 65, KTM 65 or, or CRF 65 frame. Very very similar size. Uh, actually, I think the CRF 65, the actual plastics are exactly the same as a Bucci. Um, you ride very much the same, uh, like, you know, same engine, same everything. It's just a little bit up higher and uh, it takes probably a little bit longer to get used to. It's a bit taller, so to get it down, it, it's, it takes a little bit more confidence. But once you're around it, it's like you can ride it all day and have heaps of fun. And um, you can do monos a lot easier on it. So that's what you recommend then, uh, a 65. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely, yeah, and then yeah. or, or or a 190 Bucci, a 190 Bucci. So, a 190 Bucci is about seven grand, 
US, I think. Yeah. I think, yeah, if you want, I can add after this. I'll put you in contact. Yeah, 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 the yeah, US, yeah, yeah. Luigi said the US butchy guys. I'll, I'll put yeah. you in contact, man. Oh, um, yeah. So, uh, so, so they're physically bigger than a valley, right? So I shouldn't have a yeah. big issue. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like yeah. a 65 dirt bike. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Proper dude. Proper weapon. Yeah, 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 I can't wait to see this thing. Yes, yeah, awesome, man. Awesome, yeah, dude. So, it's listen. It, there is so one question I did have for you too, bro. Like out here, uh, a good buddy of mine, Kevin Horney, he was a fast track day rider, moved up very quick into the experts. Um, but he had uh, so in order for him to go to six hundred Super Sport in Moto America, he had to get local through local race organizations like ccs that are certified right 100 yeah. points right, right. In, in order to get his moto america license and able to compete in, yeah. in that yeah. in that class yeah. is that similar to what do you have to do anything uh, like that to do for asbk i i i didn't uh obviously you have to kind of demonstrate your like your race experience and they had a look at my lap times uh when i started getting into it well the, the thing i don't know it sounds like in the you have different licenses in the us you said to like race a club level and motor america or no he had to he had to get 100 points at, at the right. uh to to qualify to get his motor right. america license in order to race in motor right. america well, well he 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 there's like a motorcycling australia license uh it's called the, the ma license so which is what you basically need to go and do any form of racing i mean you can that that's what i've i've always had like i did it right from the second i went okay i'm gonna go racing i just did my motorcycling australia race license uh i think there's like for people that are not so much then they want to try and there is one day licenses you can do so with the motorcycling australia website if you're already a track rider and then you can do a one day recreational event license i can't remember how much it is uh but yeah, with a recreational license, you can come and race the mini GPs, the mini GPs, or you can even do like a club club race. What we were saying before, the commuter lights, or even in St. George, um, you can do like your one day license. Have a go. I can't, I, I can't remember if it's twenty five or fifty dollars for the one one event license. Luigi got cheap. us covered. Thirty five dollars, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so $35, you can enter a race. Now, that's not accepted in ASPK, for sure. You have to have an MA license. I remember last year when I um, entered my uh, ASBK race, um, yeah, they sent me an email with like, oh, in order to, to qualify, we need to have a look, like you get a, get a show us. And I think, I think I can't remember if I like by email, I just sent like the timesheets and like showing them what I was doing in uh in sydney and i entered the sydney around my local track um i sent it off to them they accepted my entry um and i think like once you're in you know like that, that's your license but i was i to give you an example that one thing that really pushed me i was like at the start before at the start of last year at the end of the year before we knew because asbk hasn't been in sydney for a number of years and we knew it was coming back and I started going around to like my my mates that are racing with me here in Sydney. Like we gotta do it, you know. We gotta go and do it. And everyone was a little bit ah, oh, gotta gotta be quicker. This and that. It's a national. And I'm like I'm like I don't care. This is our our track. We gotta do it. And then I think December 2022, which was last year's night series, but it was still it started in December the year before, and um, it was the first round. 
And uh, I did a one minute 39 in quali, which the year before put me in the front row. I think it was third or something like that. So my one minute, it was like fast. And uh, so last year I did the same lap time. I qualified 19th. So I had 18, I had 18 ASBK riders in front of me because they all come to train because it's starting to come to Sydney. And I was telling everyone, like, you know what, like, it's the same race field anyway. It, it's just, so what's the difference? It's like, I'm just going to go and go for it and enter the ASBK because they're all here anyway. And that yeah. actually helped me. So by the end of the series, like three, four races after, I actually skimmed down a couple of seconds because having those faster guys, those faster guys in front of you giving you the references and then being able to, to tail them a little bit here and there, it's it just a, a huge help. Yeah, I bet. I guarantee, man. I guarantee. I'll tell you. Go ahead, go yeah. ahead. I was gonna say I tell you one of the one of the great uh, memories I have in my race. You know, we didn't say at the start, but something very similar when I did my first Sydney five-hour endurance race. Normally, the format is like on Saturday you have short sprint races warming up, and then on Sunday you have the team the team event. And I think it was my second my second year doing it. Troy Bailey's entered the entered the five hour with Ollie with his son on the R sixes when Ollie was still racing the Yamaha R six, and um, being very lucky, obviously to, we we very Troy Troy is a very humble guy. You come to the track here, you see him just reversing the big semi trailer truck with the boys in the track. You can go and I go and talk to him in Italian because he speaks Italian, and that and it's like, and it's surreal the first time. You know, you're like I'm. Am I talking to Troy Bailey's? He like in Italy couldn't walk around. Like you know, it's, right. it, we're so lucky. Anyway, I was very lucky to do some of the sprint races, having very close and past me a couple of times to give me those references because I, I'm pretty strong turn one, turn two generally in in Sydney, and and he lapped me I think or on the five hour or, or maybe on Saturday on the sprint races or in quality, he might have passed me just exiting the last corner. So I'm behind him on the straight and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here and have a look, right? And he's already 50 and he's probably cruising around. And I'm like, I'm gonna stay here, have a look. So we're going to turn one and like, I'm not losing much here. And then there's a little straight, you get into turn two, breaking into turn two, I'm breaking like as, as hard as I've ever tried in my life. And like, he's not pulling away, like we, we together here. And from that point, mid corner onwards, he pulled away 50 meters from me. Like, at, at, and like, next thing I know, is like, he's out of turn two and into turn three, and he pulled away 100 meters from me. And I was like, okay, I need to start working on my transition from braking into accelerating and all that. It's like having those, those references, that, that, that's something I always tell everyone. And I was like, Dude, I've like I've been on the starting grid, and Troy Bailey's was just one row in front of me, and then he left me. But uh, hey, <laughs> bro, you was on the track with the legend Bayless, man. Are you kidding? But Baylistic, dude, he was always uh, one of my favorites, dude. That dude, two thousand and two, Amalia, dude, him and uh, man, uh, still one of the best races ever, right? Um, for sure. 100%. Uh, Chris, Chris says that uh, I'd love to ride a Bucci. I've been drooling over them for years. Yeah, man, absolutely. Let's speed up. Let's yeah, speed let's, up. let's speed let's it up. Let's do US it, boys. Yes. Uh, Luigi again says thirty-five one day, one fifty annual, which ain't bad. Eighty dollars yeah. for a race day. Yeah, that ain't bad. One hundred fifty dollars annual. 
Yeah, yeah. Not bad at all, man. Yeah, but dude, yeah. being on the track with Bayless, bro, I couldn't imagine. Like you're sitting there on a grid looking and it says Bayless on his leathers. You're going, is this real? Like, is this really happening? I think I think that's one of the like for me as a as an Italian, like you know, migrating here to Australia when I tell my mates in Italy, not not just Troy, we in Italy it's it's so big, it's so big over there. And like the bit you don't really I mean, you might go to it. I hear, I hear, I never done track days in Italy, but I hear like it, it's a bit more expensive. And I hear they go to the track and you might see the one big name or something, but you're definitely not on track with them in the same, in the same session yeah. or something like that. I, I was down at Phillip Island the other day and I was on track with uh, the Yamaha boys. So I had crew and Mike Jones on track. I've been on track there with Maxwell, um, Anthony West. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been on track with Corsa, with, with McWilliams, like with all these big names. Like, here you go, you do a track day, they are in the fast group, and or we all, we all ride together. They, they, they're in the in the scrutineering, proper man. And I'm like, the, the first times you know, when you're starting, you go, Wow. <laughs> it's like it still it still wows me, you know. Right, it still gives yeah. you goosebumps, you know. Yeah, I, I, have you ran into Gary McCoy? Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like last year, uh, Gary, Gary. Oh, you got he, a picture with Gary? Yeah, I, I see you got it. Yes, he's uh, he's uh, he's one of his. He was mentoring the Oceania Junior Cup last year. I think it will be this year as well. And uh, he's always been my one of my childhood heroes. Yeah, me too. I remember something we said before you know as i said before i've never been in uh, my my dad like watching motorbikes we watched valentino rossi and biaggi before that like but it was such a social thing in italy we watched it all the time but he was never like he never took me to the racetrack to to ride or anything like that really so uh it was very much coming just just from me i guess like i always had the inner drive and i remember uh, one of the things like riding Phillip Island. The first time I went to Phillip Island, I almost went off straight to the grass into turn one because I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. You come in, you come in on the straight, you see the Melbourne banner with the water behind it. It's it's exactly like you see in TV. And the first time I had a smile this big, I think I had a tear in my eye. I'm like, I'm I'm riding Phillip Island. And I was like, I was what I remember waking up as a kid, eight, nine years old, watching, watching Dune down there and i used to wake up and watch the gp 500s all the time i remember schwanz and rainy schwanz is my child it was schwanz was my number one uh hero rider from when i was a kid and i was just waking up early in the morning watching philip island and gary mccoy was like the king of slides when i when i i'm still emotional talking about i just yeah. remember just sitting there watching these guys sliding these monster 500 two-stroke bikes out of corners like nothing it was unbelievable unbelievable i think i think uh, they, they just it was just another another era of racing and another level it Def was no man, technology I, no no not like we have today right and actually luigi again my man says simone <laughs> actually is in the same garage recently at ec i listen yeah, i yeah, always yeah. wanted to meet yeah. bayless um yeah. uh, troy uh he was always one of my favorites so is gary mccoy and you're right the, the slide man i remember um yeah red bull YZR 500, yep. Gary McCoy just lighted up. And then when he was on the Kawasaki, on the green Kawasaki MotoGP yep. bike, yep. he did yep. the same thing. And actually, if I'm not mistaken, 
because of Gary McCoy started sliding the bike, they thought that it actually heated up the rear tire. But when they actually started getting into it, they found out that it didn't really heat up the tire and, right. and you didn't lose grip at all. I think all that was because of McCoy. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he was definitely, I'm not saying the first one, but definitely one of the only ones who was just riding like just, that, bro. just yeah. riding. And that, that's, that's the thing, like Casey Stoner was probably the most famous, but like he, here in Australia, uh, with juniors, especially still, I'd say behind from your, like in Europe, they put kids on mini motors at three, four years old. Here, there is no such thing. So all the kids are on dirt bikes and flat track, especially flat track till they're like eight, so eight, nine. Now we're starting to see kids coming on the butchies, on the KTM 65s and the Dio Valles uh, when they're about their age, eight, nine year old, which is, it's a gap. It's a gap from Europe. Like, how do you catch up to Jorge? If you got Jorge Lorenzo in Spain jumping on a mini motor at four, how are you going to catch up to a freak of nature, someone that's so gifted, so quick, and you are four years behind? It's just very hard. But yeah, uh, that that's what we're pushing a lot onto. There's a lot of bureaucracy here in Australia and, and like regulations and that. It's not like yeah. in Europe, you just rock up to a go-kart track with your mini motor and off you go in the afternoon. And if the track is busy, you go in the car park. Here, here you you could end up in jail if you did that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So very different. But yeah, the fact that the flat track is so big, so big here, I think that's what, it, it, it's helpful when they get into bigger stages. Everyone's comfortable sliding the rear of the bike. And that, but what I was saying, that I remember Gary McCoy was one of the first ones. And I'm pretty sure I remember Valentino was starting on the, he was on the Honda 1000, bike and probably by the third year that he was on it and it, the, the last championship he won i remember he was they were sliding the thousands and had they might have had a bit of traction control then starting to come yeah, but a little bit yeah, yeah a little bit something but he him that there's a very there's a very famous shot of melandri melandri on the uh might have been the Grazzini, like the red, the, the red Grazzini. He's when he coming out the race, the like this, with the, his finger up, and his, yeah. that, that corner is the one I was telling you before. It's yeah. so hard to hit hard, and this guy is just sideways with like his end up with the most powerful motorcycle in the world at that time. That's how good they are. That's how good they are. But they were sliding everywhere, dude. Uh, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, amazing, uh, so amazing to watch, dude, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk more more of the glory days. I want to know because uh, Phillip Island's always one of my favorite track. Cad Cadwell Park is my favorite motorcycle track in the world, right? Yep. Uh, yep. I love Magello. I love Phillip Island. Um, but I, I played Cadwell Park on, on a video game, dude, and I suck ass at Cadwell Park. It's so I don't see how they go as fast. It's so hard on a video game just to get around right. that thing. Right. But right. um, Phillip Island's always been one of my favorite, right? The Melbourne Loop, dude. Uh, dude, it's just it's such a proper track. You know, you got Stoner Corner. Uh, what's it like to actually ride Philip Island through the? Yes, well, what's it actually like? It's uh, it's amazing. It's actually you know, so Eastern Creek is my local track. So Philip Island, I got about twelve hours drive to get yeah. down there. It's thousand plus kilometers. Um, so I've only been four times to Philip Island now, four or five times. Uh, done one endurance race there, but mainly just track days and then. It's a much more difficult track to go fast at because it's fast corners. 
Uh, and there's a couple of really tricky corners. I mean, like the last corner to me is, is a tricky corner. And as as you can imagine, when you're like on a 600, you, you have full speed in fourth gear, fifth gear. Uh, if you just get on the gas one second later, it's very easy. It's very easy to drop a hundred meters and be a, a second slower, two seconds slower in a lap. Yeah. Like if you, if it's slow corners, you, you know you you break a bit early or something. You just lose so much ground. Here it's so fast. You do one little mistake or you're not so confident in one, one in stone a corner. You just lose fifty, hundred meters in a blink of an eye, and yeah. it's like so. It's it's very hard, very difficult to be fast there. Um, hopefully, I'm so this month in in three weeks time I'm I'm doing the ASBK round there, which is going to be support class with the world with the world superbikes round coming up, and it's been my child not childhood, but it's been my dream in the past three years. I've been building up and getting. I was never, you know, sure enough to be able to enter the round. I was like, do I do it? Do I don't? I I want to go down there and don't lap by myself at the back of the pack. You know, I want to be at least close to the guys at the back and have some sort of racing. Uh, I'm realistically, what we said before, never going to be close to the guys at the front. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to just go down and, and lap by myself. I want to have some sort of competition. So I've been going down there and I'm hoping I get a bit of a uh, bit of traction with the faster guys at the front. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit hard. It's just been resurfaced uh, a few weeks ago. So when I went down last week, uh, we were the first on track. After it's been resurfaced, it was uh, tearing retires like crazy. Uh, so we didn't actually get good the first two days. We didn't get and it was windy. So Phillip Island it is a tricky track. You get four seasons in a day often. Like now in summer, it's a little bit more forgiving. But if you start going from midi onwards, at, it's Melbourne weather. You just, there's basically, you're Melbourne, you're on the south coast of Australia. And between you and Antarctica, there is nothing. It's, <laughs> it's just, so the wind, you could, yeah, you could get, it's really windy. Do you remember? I, I was down there for the MotoGP 2019. You remember Oliveira being picked up by the yeah. wind at 330 mm -hmm. kilometers an yeah, hour just off crazy. the track? Yeah. Crazy. And just stands up and walks away. He just crashed yeah. the bike at 330 yeah. k's an hour and just walks walks off. Uh but yeah, it was windy. It was windy last week as well. My top speed was down 20 kilometers an hour just for the headwind. So I, co I couldn't really really push and get good laptops, but I had good reference. There was a couple of ASBK guys there and I was like, oh, I kind of can stay here with you guys. So I'm just gonna go and, and go ride it. Um, track is good, uh, hopefully now this weekend, they're racing the Victorian championships. I know a few ASBK guys are down there practicing. So hopefully there's more rubber down for, for the end of the month. Um, it's always been, I, I like this, the surface or it was very smooth, very abrasive of the track there was always i don't know if you remember i remember valentino rossi being a bit vocal about it a few years ago there's the hay shed corner at the back which is again a, a pretty fast on the 600 you get coming in fourth gear left then you tip right and you tip right your full gas in fourth gear and it was bumpy very bumpy like you're there your knee on the ground you're entering this corner it's like on the front and there's a lot of crashes normally in track days there used to be a lot of crashes because like you you get scared you pick up the bike you go off in the grass uh you just gotta hold your breath and close your eyes sometimes they just rail it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well so now they gone they gone from from that with the new surfaces it's gone which is great but there is a few bumps at stone a corner 
which is probably if you had to pick one, that's the most uh, after Haitian is the it, it's more scary than Haitian. That's a fifth gear. It's been named after Casey Stoner because he used to enter on a MotoGP bike completely sideways and slide the bike, <laughs> slide the bike before he even enters the corner. He's got the rear of the bike sideways, and you fly in there like full throttle, even on the 600. I don't know how they do it on a MotoGP now. Now there is with the new server, there's bumps as you're tipping in. So you're coming down the hill after sudden loop and you're tipping in and you go ta 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 ta. And then it's only, it doesn't carry all the way through the corner, but definitely as you're coming in, it was a bit bumpy last week. So I'm uh, I'm curious to see. I think some of the world super guys guy might have a bit of a word about it. I don't know what the MotoGP guys are going to say at the end of the year, but uh, it was definitely uncomfortable for me. Um, yeah, dude, dude, watching Stoner through Stoner Corner was like, he did it like nobody else. Nobody does that corner uh, like Stoner does it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, to this day. Uh, to this day, nobody does it like him. It's um yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do it. Like last week I was uh, I got passed by Crew Holiday, one of the Yamaha ASBK riders here. And um again, like he was I think it would have been just the second or third session. So no rubber, no rubber on the track. We just we just chewing tires really, so everyone's going very cautious, but he was he was cruising around, I guess, but he passed me into sudden loop. And as we coming down the hill, getting into stern, I said, oh, "I just want to see what crew is doing, what what line is doing here." And he basically did that. Like he's just, I don't think he even hit the apex. He just did it cruising around. But as he's coming down the hill, and as he started tipping out, he's bringing the rear. The, I don't know if he hit the rear brake, maybe with the stun brake, or or maybe he did it. But definitely, the bike has gone sideways. And this is entering the corner. Entering the corner, the bike is gone sideways, and he's starting leaving black marks with both the front and the rear. And he hasn't even entered the corner yet. So he's coming in, and he's done the whole corner completely sliding. I can see he's sliding all the way out, all the way out to the ripple strip, and then he stops sliding, bring it in. And I'm like, wow, I wanted to see a line here, but I've, I've seen two black lines being made on the ground. Which one do I follow? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow wow and like wow you cru you're cruising you're obviously cruising around and you it's just so easy so easy sliding this beast around yeah, I, I can't even imagine what stoner would have done but it, it was just <laughs> insane yeah, man. It, it is and speaking of asbk man we got troy hefros coming to america in the yes. baggers class Yes, that is awesome, man. That that's uh, I wonder how all that went down, right? Like, hey, uh, you want to come to America at a Harley in a bagger? Uh, sure, I think I and I, I don't know. I told you, I was, we were chatting before. I told you, like, yeah. Troy's an amazing, amazing guy. He's like very, very down to a very friendly. Um, had a few friends that a few years ago they were lucky to be like in the same garage down at Wakefield Park doing a track day, and and he's just just you know talking shit all day in the garage it's like well, very, the what we said before yeah yeah, yeah. uh but i think because troy he won the uh the ama supermoto class when it was back then or it would have yep. been like i don't know more than 10 years ago now so i, yeah. I don't know how long ago it was but i'd uh, say 2000 shit dude it was before 2010 yeah. Like 2006, yeah. five, something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right, right. Yeah, I'm not sure what year, but he was obviously. I know he obviously had a bit of uh, a bit of uh, uh, following and a bit of history in the US for sure. So yeah. I, I'm sure that would have played in his favor, like in trying to line this. And you know, Troy just won. He just won the SBK last year. I know. I think it was his fourth one, and it was a very tight battle. Yeah. I, th I think. Um, 
honestly, he was really the only Honda and the only very competitive Honda. The Honda struggling throughout the world. Every, yeah, throughout the world. Yeah, and and it's a bit hard to tell here with the with the rules of like the bikes. The bikes are pretty basic even in ASBK here compared to like world super bikes and all that. So so it's a bit hard to tell how the bike because he's the only Honda. I think he was the only Honda on track. Uh, maybe some rounds might have had some club races, but uh, in order for him to be at the point in and and fighting with, with the, the the McMartin Ducatis, they've been with with Maxwell and and Josh Waters. Uh, they've been the, the the team to beat for the past few years. Uh, and in order for him to be there and and beat them at the end at the last race and then be so competitive, I think it it was very impressive. Troy is a yes. very very impressive rider. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's the other thing. I think he had a bit of like the opportunity, maybe started talking anyway, you know, I've been here, been successful here. What do I do next with my career? And, uh, I, I think heads off to him. Like, it's not, it's not very straightforward to just leave the, the, the super bike type riding and go, I'm going to jump on a Harley Davidson. Uh, I, I, I love the concept. Just love the yeah. concept of it, and I know like, I, as much as I, I don't follow all the races, I watch a lot of videos and all that. Uh, I think the bikes are pretty well performing as well. They heavy, obviously, but uh, they're, yeah, they're like six hundred and fifty pounds. Which, yeah, it's heavy for a race bike, but dude, they what would they weigh? Like twelve hundred pounds or nine hundred pounds or whatever they are yeah. stocked. Yeah, that it's, yeah. it's uh, a lot, and they're dude. They're, they're it's a big money class. It really is. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, those, yeah, those yeah. top guys are every bit of a hundred thousand plus. I, I remember watching last year Jeremy McWilliams sliding the rear Bro. of these things. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> uh. yes, it's awesome. You do so. Like I try to get up with Jeremy in uh, Jersey, but I didn't get a chance to to okay. actually meet him. But I will meet him in Atlanta. It's I, like hate, I I I I had took a few photos with him here and there. Like, I don't know him that well. I only just rocked up and say, hey, John, yeah. take a photo. And that. Because he's um, one of the greatest events here in Sydney to me is the Festival of Speed, which is uh, used to yep. be called, the, it is the Barry Sheen Festival of yep. Speed. So it's classic, classic bikes, which is coming up uh, uh, not next weekend, the one after. I was supposed to be racing in there, mate of mine, Alessandro from the Chuk Factory, a bit of, bit of uh, publicity here as well. Uh, he's, it, my mate Alessandro is uh, is completely, he's got a disease. Uh, he's got to go to talk to people because he he, uh, he owns too many Ducati 748s and 916. He's completely mad about Tamburini frames and he's got four garages full of, of frames and bikes. He's got so many. He's got an SPS 916. He's got this amazing, yeah, yeah. And, and he's a hunter. He finds a, a lot from the U.S., but Japan as well. He's got these amazing, amazing parts of bike. Anyway, it is like he's putting together a few bikes and he's like, let's go to the festival of speeds. I was supposed to, he was going to give me a 748 to race in the F3, F2. I can't remember what, what class, but I'm like, uh, with ASBK coming up and I got the night racing next weekend, it would have been like a full month of racing every single weekend for me. And affordability is one thing yeah. and, uh, and time, time with the kids. And that's so why I can't, I can't do it. But, um, to go back to Jeremy and the Festival of Speed, or oh, you should you should come, Chris. I reckon. Why don't you tee up for next year? Come down. I, I can recommend you because that's usually at the start of the year you get ASBK starting and the Festival of Speed. That's how I first talked to Troy Bailey's the first time. I went and watched them in 2017, and um, 
because uh, I, I know quite well Marco Borciani. Uh, his parents used to have a restaurant and be, be my parents' customers. He, he raced in World Superbikes for 20 plus years and on the team for, for quite some time. And uh, Frankie Keeley was there with Troy Bayliss. And I rocked up, started talking in Italian. I said, Oh, do you know Marco Borciani? And they started talking in Italian. I know Marco. We used to go to the restaurant every year at the end of the season. Like, I know. I used to just walk past and see the trucks. My parents used to bring the seafood there, right? So, and that's like Troy just comes to me, speaks in Italian uh, now. And like, wow, like it's so amazing. Like, he remembers all of that. Uh, but anyway, watching watching the Festival of Speed, Troy Corsa, Jeremy McWilliams, they were racing on 1983, 84, GSXR 750 and YZ750 bikes, obviously with all-in suspension and, and modern-day slicks, but, you know, it, it's a 40-year-old bike now, you know, 83, 84, and they were lapping 35s, something like that, like su- super quick. And I remember standing on the, on the rooftop into turn one turn one is a you come in full on this on the straight six gear and you just downshift one gear fifth gear and you tip the bike in full ping in fifth gear it's it's fast and these guys on 40 years old bike they're just tipping in 20 50 meters later than the local club races they're lapping faster and they just go from upright to knee down incredibly quick like they're riding a scooter and it's it's uh, I I think Jeremy McWilliams definitely incredibly talented. There's a reason why they were in GP racing for so long. Right. Uh, it's just yeah, incredible. Next le- yeah, next level again. Next le- absolutely level up. Right. Yeah. It's uh man. Yeah. I can't wait to get get up with Jeremy. I want to I want to have a conversation with Jeremy. I actually want to get him on the podcast and Troy. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, uh, Troy was uh, yeah, of course I follow ASBK too. Right. But man, we, we don't really get to watch it. I can only really follow it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, unlike like, no, normally, it's of the Facebook page. You just get you just get the link. They just do the live live. Oh, okay. Probably. All right, probably well, a bit shoot. late and night, a bit late at night for you guys. Let's yeah, see. but I can always go back and watch it yeah, the next yeah, day, yeah. right? Yeah, pull it up yeah. and watch it. Um, yeah. yeah, but when I do catch it, it's it's awesome. I mean, ASBKs are, yeah, it's it's tight battles. Uh, this year there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of competition. It's warming up. It's warming up in the night series as well, and uh, it's warming up to be to be a pretty feisty competition at the front in 600 super sports as well there's some incredible talent uh coming up um jake fansworth he, he works with us at motor school uh jake is a is a gr- great kid and he's very quick jj nalus like uh, we have tom to paris is coming i was gonna back. say tom to paris yeah. he just left b at bsb and, and come yeah back, yeah you know? i i haven't like because i know I was talking to the boys yesterday because they're down, they're down at Phillip Island for the Vic Championships, and he's, I think he's still on the 600 bike. For, I thought he was going into the nah, ASB. Uh, yeah. He's a uh, super, bike, super bike class, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think he is, yeah. Right. Now, I'm, I'm, not sure yeah. Just, I'm not sure if he's just warming up and training on the 600 for now. Uh, might be. I hope. I think everyone is hoping that because he, he came and did the, not the last, but the second last night series round and he did the lap record there. He beat Senna, he beat Senna ages lap time by three hundreds of a second. Nice. Uh, so I, I don't think, like, I, I think Senna, Senna, he was at Philip Island last weekend. I was lucky last year he came and did the night series. That's another thing. Really hope, really sitting here watching is a very, very, 
uh, very well measured, very young kid, very fast kid, and he comes and does does uh, the night series with us. It was two years ago. I'm like, dude, I was on track when Senna did the lap time, and he was in P1 and I was in P5. I was just lining up, not far from him. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. I think he's 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 got. Did you hear the the MotoPG podcast when they had him on board like a few weeks ago? Yep. He's, uh, he's definitely got the potential to be a contender in Moto2. I don't know oh, how yeah. quick, but how quickly he'll get to the pointy end. But he's got all the cards to be fighting for the championship, I think, very soon. Oh, for sure. He, uh, yeah, Senya, I actually, I had a, uh, we're friends on Facebook. I had a couple conversations with him. Yep. Um, I actually asked him to be on a potty. He told me he would, but, yep. you know, it, it's hard to, uh, He's so busy, it's hard to get him to message yeah, back, right? And yeah, I'm not yeah, the guy, yeah. I don't I don't stay on people, right? I, yeah, I, I'll yeah, wait yeah, a couple yeah. weeks and be like, hey man, yeah. what's going on? You know, blah blah blah. But yes, I'm very familiar with my mates at Moto PG. I've actually had all of them on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They're awesome. Uh Boris, Tugs, and Fredo, man. They're uh their podcast is uh man, they make me cry laugh. They I, they have me <laughs> screaming all the time. They're hilarious. Uh, yeah, Especially yeah. Bory's poems, you know, it's uh oh man, <laughs> magnificent. Cre- it is creativity, creativity, it, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but I think uh so uh from my understanding too, uh the bagger class is gonna be making its way to British superbikes too, as well. Is it um, really? Yeah. I didn't know, right? Yeah. Wow. Um, well that that's as a, so BSB is going to put a class on. It's not the Moto America guys going over and racing. No, no, no. That I think they're going to hold their own bagger yep. class, bagger series. Um, because I talked to uh, Stuart Higgs, the guy that runs yep. uh, BSB, yeah. and uh, when yep. I was there at Cadwell, and uh, yeah, as, as soon as I opened my mouth, it was funny because I went over there, and as soon as I start talking to everybody, Simone, everybody's like, "Where are you from?" Like they would flock to me because of my accent, yeah, yeah, right? I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm from yeah, America, yeah. this and that." So I was like, "Stuart Higgs, I'm Simcoe from America. What an honor it is to meet you. I'm a big fan." And he was like, "Whoa, dude, your energy, right?" Uh, yeah, yeah. And then then we started talking about Moto America, you know, Brandon Posh, and you know the bagger. He's like, "The fucking baggers is awesome." He's like, "Yeah." Uh, we're working on getting them out here to to uh, BSB. Wow. So out twenty five maybe. So that's the that's the that's the motorcycling industry. Hardly, obviously, like that. That's a big market. There is there is money behind it. So mm-hmm. why not? It, like I was talking to to uh, Luigi the other day and, and a friend as well uh, about why why there is three hundred CC Super Sport bikes because they're not performing. They're heavy, and I think Vinales Vinales obviously with with his cousin unfortunate accident a few years ago but it was a few riders spoke about that class not being very very helpful to develop riders not like the old gps or the the motor three like those bikes are a little bit off air but there is money like the, I, I don't know in the us here here in australia you see 300 bikes like the most bikes ridden on the road by kids coming on and getting the first license you see 300s 400s uh th- those bikes are what, what are selling at the moment you don't see you don't see our sixes on the road that much here yeah. anymore uh, no you don't hear neither yeah yeah so the, the market drives the racing as well. So. It does. It does. You know, so out, out here, though, uh, you know, our laws are different. Like, I don't 
I don't agree with our laws when it comes to motorcycles, right? And, and, and this is why I say that. I might get some flack, but I don't give a shit, right? I, I think that uh, when when people start to ride, bro, I think that I think it should be more like Australia and in the UK. If you, I don't give a shit if you're 18, 19, 36 years old and you want to learn how to ride a motorcycle, you got to start on a 50. Period. Yeah. You got to start on a 50. You got to ride that for three or four years. Then you can move up to the 400 class, get up to a 400. Yeah. You got to do that yeah. for a couple of years. Then you can go to a 600 and then yeah. you get an unlimited yeah. license. So that by the time you can buy a GSXR 1000, an RC 51, an R1, a V4, yeah. at least you got some type of, well, Simon, let's just be honest, right? Even though you got that long ride experience, a lot of people still really don't know how to ride, right? But you're comfortable on a motorcycle. You're comfortable yeah. in the elements. You're comfortable out here. Well, here in America, like I could be 16 years old, just get my motorcycle license and go out and spend $40,000 on a brand new Ducati V4R, right? That's why our insurance is so fucking high because anybody can go over there and just buy whatever bike they want being a, yep. a beginner bike. They don't give a shit. You think a yeah. dealership gives a shit? The salesman, yeah, right. even yeah. though the salesman might care, right? The salesman yeah. might, I'm not selling it, but. The dealership don't go to the shit. next dealership and someone else is gonna sell right. it. You're yeah. gonna sell this bike, you know. So yeah. uh yeah, yeah. I, I don't agree with, with the way we do things like that here in America at all. Um as, as far as smaller bike classes, yeah, like uh, you know, why have a 300 class when you got a 400 class, right? It just never made sense to me to begin with. Um <coughs> we, we our 400 class junior cups actually one of my favorite classes in um mm -hmm. moto america you know and and when we started well i didn't start the podcast i was the first guest but when we decided we was gonna start reaching out to riders you know i was a big advocate on we need to go mm -hmm. with with the lower class and and the backfield markers even in superbike not yep. you know the people that's already made it got the house got the trophies mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah, yeah i'm not saying that them guys don't put in work they do but they don't put yeah. in the same amount of work as the guy showing up that's got two mortgages on his house you know that scrambled and did everything kid probably worked 80 hours just that week just to buy a brand new set of tires got to do his yeah. own warmers hot pit cold pit all this shit by himself right and still super fast okay yeah. with the yeah. dreams but no yeah. tv time no coverage none of that right that's that's why I focus on on passion, those guys too. Passion. passion. I, I always I always say it, it's not a joke. It's like I'm I'm like you can question you can question my my riding skills. You can question me going racing national because I should be in club. Like question Aaron. Don't question. I don't think there's many guys with the same passion because like just go and doing an event like you know finishing work, go home, changing the tires, getting the bike, loading loading up, and then driving here and there and getting there early or finishing work and then go to the track and do that like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of passion in club racing we are we are definitely passionate about it yeah um, it's, it, it's going it, dude listen you're right in in one, one thing that i love about um all racers right but more so club racers and the kids just starting in junior cup and 600 super sport is when they finally step on that podium or they, or they get that win, bro, it's nothing but raw motion, screams, hooping, hollers. Yeah, and and you go back and you watch the Super guys, which I'm not taking nothing away from them because they're fucking yeah. magical, right? But yeah, yeah. when they win, it's just, it's the same speech. They smile. Yeah, it was a great race today. Thank you for my sponsors. It was a great ride, this and that, right? And they're, yeah. thank you very much, you know? Yeah. Right, you don't that, feel that emotion. I, I, you're on the other side of the ocean and uh, I come from from the other side again of the ocean so we're going around the world but I think I think all of us you, you hear this 
it's becoming I, I think obviously you watching MotoGP is the, the pinnacle of the sport there is a lot of money involved in business and it's very polished but we're all sitting here going what happened what happened to like the heart like the the like the, it, it's it's and i understand them like you, you don't want to they don't want to expose their personal life their personal but but that's why we loved watching valentino and lorenzo and sergi Benao and biaggi and these because they had they obviously they, even they had filter but even with the filter they were just going i don't like ya i'm not here for i'm not here for for me and they like as much as in MotoGP, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're all friends. They probably are not, like, not, not most of them. And that, yeah. and it's all, uh, um, it's less entertaining, in a way. Yeah. Like, it, it's less real, less real. Uh, and I think, I think, I think, um, Dorna, Dorna or whoever, whoever is running the events, they wanna, they, they need to, to look at that because, uh, you know, they will lose followers. I reckon, like, it'll be. If people, if, they, if it gets boring, it's not really, it's fake, then I guess it, it lose a little bit of attention. Um, so it needs to be a bit more genuine. It does. It does. You know, and it, okay, so uh, I, people are too soft these days, right? That's what I mean. Back in the day, you just said it. Lorenzo and them, dude, Biaggi and Rossi, dude, they just talk mad shit to each other. Dude, they got a fist fight in the goddamn stairway. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on, yeah. man. We see that passion. We see it yeah. as Sete Juvenile and Rossi standing on the podium together where Sete's got this look on his face like, I would fucking stab you right now if I had a knife. And Rossi with this shit-eating uh, grin going, I'll try it, right? I, dude, we need that. And, you know, now we got photos of Alexis Spargo and Jorge Martin kissing and oh, dude, yeah, all this yeah, shit, yeah. bro. It's like, look, dude, I, I it, <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, we need yeah, we need the raw yeah. energy again, yeah. right? MotoGP's yeah. lost it. I'm going to go on and say it. They did, right? The racing with the sprint races, well, yes, the, it, it's a lot more exciting. Something, something so simple. How many views? Uh, you know, there was the video with Bezeki. It was a Spargaro, Bezeki, and Banyaya. I can't remember what race it was last year, but it was like after race. So Bezeki won the sprint race on the Saturday, and then on Sunday, Banyaya won. And, and the after race, they talking, They were talking in Italian, but I think it was translated by uh, Bezeki. Bezeki was like, oh, it's just because I had the, tie, the hard tie. It was a longer race. But if I had the soft, I would have fucked you again today. He just says that in Italian to Bagnaia. And Spago is just spitting the water out. Just going, okay, yes, yes, yes. Something so small. Like, that's like that's the real... Like, that's why all the Italian guys, most Italian guys, that we all like Bezeki because he is a little bit more relaxed. It reminds a little bit more of that that old school. It's not so... So covered, but something small, like one one little sentence, it just shows you he, he's he's one of us in a way. He's, he's one not of us. Rob, exactly. He's not that Robert. He's not that Robert. Thanks, thanks to my sponsors. See yeah. you later. Chin chin. Ciao. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and unfortunately, there are a lot of those robots, slaves, as I call them in the industry. Right? They're out there yeah, do, yeah. doing their own little thing. But yeah, you're right. Bezzetti's definitely one of my favorite. He reminds me a lot of Marco Simicelli, right? Yeah. yeah Which yeah, also yeah, yeah. was one of my favorite. No, oh, it's just his attitude and his demeanor and everything. Right? It's just, it's just like I'll never forget. He give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, he don't give a shit. Right? Like uh, 2000 was it 2011 or 10? press conference Simicelli and Lorenzo and Lorenzo's <laughs> like if you run into me one more time on the track and he says okay I will be arrested like I will yeah. beat your ass right like bring it bitch I wish you would uh yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. It, that was so yeah. great. Now it's it's all you know, which it, it's great, good sportsmanship, right? But we yeah. we we miss that the true fans of growing up in the eighties and in the nineties, you know, yeah. where we had that energy and that shit talking. We want that back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah absolutely, we want that back. Hundred percent. Um, Luigi again. Yeah. Luigi says, "Dorna already lost me. I follow Saint George Club race more than MotoGP." Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, so MotoGP, man. It's dude, it was the greatest show on earth back in the day, right? 500 Grand Prix, but a lot of people don't realize though, 500 Grand Prix, they almost didn't make it. That's why they uh, partly due to the transition into the four stroke era, otherwise, it might not, yeah. So, um, once they did that, you know, it, 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 it took off, but now we're at a point in time to where. They look like fucking aliens, right? And with place that it's like the bikes got more shit going on than a rider really needs to deal with riding on the track. Yeah, yeah. I think Valentino said something the other day after they did they did the test. Was it in Portimao? Or yeah, like they were testing, uh, and he was there, and he had that. It's like Dorna needs to look at this. Like the bikes are too fast, too technologically advanced. Yeah. Um, I like on a on an entertainment type of on the entertainment aspect to me like I, the riders are all aliens in, not just the way they talk the way they ride they're all incredibly good right so we don't even understand how good they are these guys they ride the bike within a hundred like within a hundred of a second lap after lap yeah. after lap for 45 minutes I struggle to do the same lap time on a 600 and my local racetrack these guys they go around the tracks and they jump on it and they're so so good so good the bikes are so good but how hard how hard is if you got the guy in front of you or behind you guy in front of you might be a bit slower than you but if the guy in front of you is only 100 of a second slower than you and you got a motorbike with 200 how many horsepower they got now 270 you got a bike with 300 horsepower to the rear wheel with all the technology advancements in the world and the guy in front of you is a tiny a hundred of a second slower than you it's the same lap time it's it's not it's not yeah. much difference and it's, it's the same so how do you overtake how do you overtake someone that's doing the same lap time as you and every corner exit it gets on the gas five minutes early like five meters before you and it takes 50 meters it's so difficult and you i'm i'm I commented on the MotoGP page the other day. They said, how can we improve or what's, what's not so good about MotoGP? And I said, well, it's not entertaining anymore. There's no overtakes. I remember watching, I was watching uh, when I was eight, nine years old, watching Schwanz and Rainey at Misano at Phillip Island because they were, they were hitting the shit out of each other for 25 laps. And in the background, there was another 40 of them just kicking their asses for nonstop from friday morning as like it was on all day every day that's what was entertaining and it was a lot more racecraft in terms of like managing the bike managing the tires and all that they knew uh, even now they like but it's it's so engineered right now before it was all up to the rider to manage the bike and 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 that and i think it comes with evolution and and money it's a business it is uh, um, it, it is we need we need we need to uh get st george races more more because that's where the entertainment is we need to that's put it. them 
or more online and available for people and ASBK uh, and all that. Yeah, for for us to watch, I would definitely watch it, man. And you're right, dude. So to me, it's 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 and j- just like Jim Douglas just said, you're right, Jim. It's MotoGP's turning into an F1. What I mean by that, it's it's, it's more of an engineering, mm-hmm. right? It's not exactly. an engineering yeah. sport. It's, it's 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 boring. It's like, yeah, dude. All this. Air- Uh, A a lot of people always like, well, the aerodynamics are so good. This and I was like, dude, listen, if they're so good, how come it took them eight years to beat Jorge Lorenzo's track record with no aerodynamics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all, it's all, and also, you know, aerodynamics it brought a whole new level of expense to the sport. Yeah. Now you got the development and all that bullshit, dude. And then, and then I'm sure it changes the suspension, right? And and the geometry, dude. There's so much that goes into it. It's like you see a cockpit of a MotoGP bike, and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck button even begin to hit, right? Like this is retarded. Go back to being simple. (laughs) I mean, I understand if we gotta have, and and that's why I love BSB so much, man. Because the 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 bikes, the bikes, exactly. MotoGP bikes, they are oh, ugly. Dude, they're horrible. They're, ugly. they're horrible, man. Have you seen Honestly. the new? What was it? The, the new Honda Air, dude? It's just like, come on, man, dude, quit. Just quit. I mean, for I, real. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. They need these. Yeah, yeah. Maybe and, maybe we get it. Maybe we're getting old, Chris. But uh, they need to have it. They need to have a look at it for sure. They do for sure. Absolutely, dude. You know, and then with the with the lowering device coming out of the corners, dude. What what? Fuck that. Get that shit up out of here, dude. Like, I understand the launch control off, off the line, but to me, I kind of, to me, that's also a double-edged sword because, look, uh, that was all going to come down to whoever's company's got the best launch control set up on their bike, the most R&D put into that, right? So yeah. get rid of that bullshit, too, and go back to the proper way of, yeah. of the starts, yeah. right? It's, it's, it is, but yeah, so MotoGP, you know, this year, obviously, we got Mark Marquez. Right on the Ducati, which everybody in the world's got their eyes glued. Um, hundred percent. Baby Jeebus just topped the the time on, I, on the I test that they that just did. Morning, right. Is, I, I don't know. Like you always gonna take the test with, with a little bit of uh, of you know, a little grain of salt. Yeah, but it, it's it's a test. But I there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Acosta is got. It's got it all. It's just that that's another thing I'm, I'm looking at that. And I, I look at Remy Garner, Moto 2 champion, just being treated the way he was treated by KTM. It's, and uh, yeah. Fernandez, Augusto Fernandez is an amazing rider. And but they, because of the way Moto GP is and that team, the Gas Gas team, the bike, the bike is not competitive. I don't know what it is now. So I look at that and go, you got Pedro Costa, everyone is going, he's the new Mark Marquez. Uh, Mark Marquez came into MotoGP and he had the best bike. He had the, 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 the HRC, HRC and he had the chance to show who he is. Is it worth for Pedro Costa to get into MotoGP just for the sake of getting to MotoGP? What, what happens if at the end of the seasons he's floating around P15, P20? Is everyone going to go, ah, uh, he's not, he's a Moto2 rider, he's not good for MotoGP? Is it? Like, like I, I, it's a, it's, if I was in his management, but that's, that's what MotoGP is these days. There's no 40 bikes. There's like 20 bikes on track, and eight Ducatis are very competitive. Uh, Yamahas and Hondas and Aprilias and KTM's are trying to keep up. KTM and Aprilia got to be more, but yeah. 
and then you got the guest guess and and this is added to the, the rnf that's not rnf anymore well, i hope the aprilia team hopefully they got to be more driving because i think Oli, Oliveira. i remember Oliveira and motor to me Oliveira. remember his season in motor two and i was like this kid is incredible phenomenal like, yeah that's what i said you know, this yeah. kid is gonna come motor gp and clean the field and where where is Oliveira? it's like is he not the amazing rider he was? He still is. He just doesn't have the bike, and the bikes are so technologically demanding and advanced that you yeah. can, it just that's the class. So, um, hard to judge, hard to judge, and like that's why I'm like with with Pedro, I'm like, oh, be interesting to watch because he's not gonna sit there. Like, it was was it Senna that said that his friend he was talking at the Moto PG the other day. They said he's not gonna sit there and shut up. He's just gonna go to KTM and say fuck you if you don't give me the bike, the same bike that that Binder's got. I'm gonna just bin him. <laughs> like, I don't That's know what it. he's gonna. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna bin it. Yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna destroy this well, thing. Which is, which is, hopefully, hopefully, young guys come up and they got the same fire that the Lorenzo and the Rossi had when they were young. Because you need the fire. If I, mm-hmm. if I was Pedro Costa and I come up with all. You know, all the fame and going, this kid is the new Mark Marquez, and I find myself on a ship bike. I'm going, I'm gonna like give it 150 million percent and just gonna go, I'm gonna be the first one in the front in T1, no matter what. (laughs) I hit hit what I hit if you don't give me the bike. (laughs) I hit what I hit. You're right, you know, you're right, testing's so hard, but I think, uh. I, I think he's going to do well, man. And MotoGP is so cutthroat, and we've seen dirt like with KTM. You, you pointed on it, right? KTM. Uh, who was it? Uh, Iker and Corona uh, uh, is incredible, right? Dude, incredible. And him and uh, uh, Daniello found out on the screen, on the Thomas screen, that they had lost their ride with KTM, right? Like mid practice. It's like, what? What the fuck is going on here? It's it's uh. Yeah, I, I think in cut MotoGP, throat, throat. Yeah. It, it's so cutthroat, but I think that uh, nowadays they don't give rookies a chance, right? Like Adrian oh, yeah. Fernandez, everybody's like, Adrian, Adrian. Dude, he ain't done shit in MotoGP. Nothing. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, nothing, yeah. right? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it Listen, it, this is how I see it. You got Moto3 champions, right? Comes up, gets on a Moto G, Moto2 bike, and ain't shit. You got Moto three riders that yeah. don't that are okay on Moto three, but then they get on yeah. Moto two bikes and they're fucking brilliant, right? Yeah, then yeah. same thing in Moto two. You got Moto two champs that come up and then they get to Moto GP and they ain't shit, right? Same yeah, vice yeah. versa. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think that in order to move up to Moto GP, you have to win the championship in Moto two. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, to go to Moto Three, you have to win. I mean, Moto, you have to win. That's your yeah. golden fucking ticket, man. That this yeah, is the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. want that number one plate? You want to go to Moto Two? Go ahead and win this motherfucking champion. If yeah, not, yeah. quit sure crying and, and show us. Yeah, yeah. But it's like different again. Like you know, remember how I remember? I remember there was riders that they would just race one to five GPs or the two feet. They were two fifty the whole Max, career. Yeah. Max Biaggi is four times, four times 250. 52. But like he spent six seasons in 250, not not mm-hmm. one season, just transition before you get to the 500. I, there was riders that it was, and it was prestigious to be. I still remember the name. Like, I don't know if it rings a bell, but like, I know the Italian guys were around. Noboru Weda. Noboru mm-hmm. Weda was a one to five 
one to five Jipira, he looked like a Japanese cartoon. He had the big glasses. Like you would never pick him to be a a motorcycle rider. One of the fastest one to five riders ever been there. Mm-hmm. And then, like was battling with Rossi before him was battling with Capi Rossi. He was but like he 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 was a one to five rider to me. One late example of a similar like John McPhee. John McPhee to me is like yeah. such a tiny, such a tiny build. It was amazing in Moto Three and then struggled a bit getting in Moto Two. Now he's, he's in uh, in Super Sport and that he yeah. is he would be back in the day to me. He would have been a rider that would have stuck to the one two fives and maybe won five championship in one yeah. two fives and and be highly uh, uh, seen and rewarded for it. Like now it's just sitting, it's been sitting in this limbo. Like everyone's going, oh, Moto2 is not doing so well. He's not such a good rider. Like you hear it, you hear all this. So like oh, a yeah. to super sport and you're like, oh, it, it's just floating around super sport. Well, his physical bit. And then you look at like Pedroza was unbelievable. Like it was the only, you, you wonder how, how something, so, someone so small, small. Could do so good. Like, like, yeah. I, I'm incredible freak of nature, if you ask me, because it's uh, he you should, have, he should have never won a race on a MotoGP bike, and he's probably the one that should have should have won world championships on it too. Yeah, I agree, hundred ten percent. Like we used to have those riders that like they body the way they ride, it's just suited to their one class, and that's what they gotta stick to. While these days, the expectations for everyone is to go and be world champion in MotoGP, Mark Marquez, and everyone. Everyone here, here in Australia, like you, 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 relatively, but as soon as there's a, a young kid coming up and winning races in in 300s or, or in 600s, like oh, you gotta give this guy a MotoGP, right? It's like, whoa. <laughs> like, like, hold up, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, like, yeah. That that's the like, everyone's like, you gotta get to MotoGP, you gotta get to MotoGP. Yeah. Do you like? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Do you? I mean, you know, it's it's dude. What an honor it would be to win a championship in any yeah, ASB day. Yeah. yeah, Japan Superbike. Super I mean, come on, man. It, it did. Uh, yeah. So World Superbikes would be good too, right? We got uh, Top Rack on the BMW. Remy Gardner uh, looked good in testing so far. So hopefully, I think Remy, uh, Remy is, is clicked something mid yep. mid last season. He sorted out the bike. Obviously, it was his first season. Uh, he might be he might be at our night race this weekend. Oh, nice! He's in Australia, uh, that, that'd be amazing to have it him around. Be. Yeah, um, it it's. I think I think World World Superbike has been a lot more entertaining than MotoGP on on that yep. side. Definitely more competition. Everyone's been going on about Bautista and and the advantage, and, and Bautista's been smashing it. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, like the the big three, Top Rock, Ray, and and Bautista getting at each other, like you, you, and there's a reason why with those bikes, it's always them at the front, and then you get the Bassani, the lowest. Like it's obviously like the bikes, they can obviously set up the bikes better than the other riders, and that, and they can go faster on them, and then occasionally you have the Rinaldi or the Bassani coming in and wanting a race here and there, but they're always. At each other, and and they are the faster riders in the paddock. Uh, oh yeah, that, that's why the, that's why they they there. Um, so it'd be very very entertaining this year. I think it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be a proper battle, dude. And uh, but but touching on Australian races too. So Matt Maladin was always one of my favorites, right? Yeah, yeah Maladin yeah. was one of those vicious fucking killers that was like, get the camera out of my face. Forget your autograph. I'm here to yeah. win this fucking championship, and that's it, right? I, I loved it, right? It was, it was, but that's why he was such a killer that he was. 
That's what oh, yeah, made yeah, yeah, laugh. yeah, yeah. You were saying the other day at the MotoGP, like I didn't go to the track to make friends ever, friends. not since yeah. I was a kid. I was going there to win races and get out of my way. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> That's it. That may, maybe, maybe, maybe in a couple of years we can have a pint, but until then, nah. Not yeah, gonna happen, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. focus. That's focus for someone that yeah, you're on a mission. Um, it's it's amazing to watch. Uh, like that's something I need to work on. Uh, I know I'm not. I'm, for me, it's not, it's not so serious, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've I've done me. I've learned a little bit now. I've done mistakes of like being like la 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 talking talking shit chat chat chit chat and forgetting to fill up fill up the bike before going out. Or and then missing missing the pit exit and being you know closed and having to start from pit lane because I didn't refuel the bike on time or like stuff like that. So now I'm gonna be more more aware of it. Just talk less, right. do the important stuff first. Yeah, and but I think off. club racing it's a bit important. It's a bit important to have the social aspect of it. It's our hobby, of course. It's, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, hundred ten percent, man. And then of course you know you got. BSB, dude, you got uh man, dude, Birdwell. Last dude, that that to me, that last race of the season of BSB was the best race of last year, bro. <laughs> Half a point, winner take all, dude. It was fucking proper racing, right? But uh yeah. so you got Birdwell moved to Honda, yeah. so he's taking the number yeah. one plate to Honda. Uh yeah. I heard rumors going around that we might end up with Glenn Irvin, which would be a fucking dream for yeah. me. We'd yeah. love to have Glenn. Yeah, right. I have uh but uh, we know that PBM is just going to do, uh, from what I understand, a one rider bike uh, with okay. the PR th this year. So hopefully, right. um, I don't know, man. Uh, a lot of my mates in the UK are like, oh, dude, we don't want Glenn to come out there. And I'm like, dude, if he comes, just temporary. It'll be one or two years and he'll be back. I mean, or maybe go yeah. to World Super Sport, World yeah. Superbike or whatever. So, yeah, it'd be really good. Uh, Moto America's. Well, we got uh, the, our most stacked classes are 600 super sport this year, bro. It's going to be yeah. Uh, proper. Yeah. It's we got, yeah, it's stacked. It, it is. But listen, Simon, we've been at this for almost two hours, bro. Two what hours. an honor. Yes, I know. So I, I want to talk more, more personal real quick uh, before I, I let you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to get into away from the motorbikes and, and what yeah. Simon does just, just relaxing. Right. So uh, Star Wars or Star Trek. Uh, neither. Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> right, right. It's good. So, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm not like never been a huge fan neither of Star Wars or, or or Star Trek. I used to watch Star Trek a little bit when it was on TV when I was a, a kid in the mornings when I was missing school or something like that. But don't ask me questions about it because it's been such a long time. Yeah. So I watched a little bit of both, but uh, never, never really been too much into it like aside from the mo motorbikes are taking a lot of my time as a hobby as you said like with motor school yeah and riding and that so i do a lot um i've got three kids which take a lot of time as well uh, we here me and my wife we don't have family here we both migrated here so our families are still back in europe in italy and hungary so really uh, like before after work is like fam family uh work is very busy um 
I do a lot with work uh, and with business as well. I'm, I'm trying to to get a little bit more involved into into the motorcycle industry as well. Like I do, I do signage and advertising, and and uh, I'm spending a lot of time trying to do pit walling systems and advertising pit boards and that, like creating a bit of business around the track riding as well, so I can do a bit more with my passion uh, rather than them boring uh, government signage. Um, yeah, so like honestly, like a lot a lot of my life is is concentrated ar- around this. So after work, I, I have to do the, the kids, and then I do training a little bit. I do CrossFit yeah. uh, to keep keep fit, uh, three five times a week. Uh, a little bit of swimming and that. Take the kids out. My son, my eldest son, we just had his birthday party yesterday, but he's got a little KTM, KTM fifty. So he's got more bikes than me. My son now. Uh, in our in our garage, so uh, I haven't been lately that much because in this this race season and that I'm a bit busy going riding myself. But yeah, I like to take him out on his little dirt bike to start practicing and riding a little bit. And my little ones are gonna start soon as well. Um, so a lot rotates around motorcycling, yeah. uh, and then kids sports. My kids play soccer. I used to play soccer a lot when I was a kid back in Italy, obviously. Soccer is is our religion, so yep. I played a lot, a lot, a lot when I was younger. That's my uh, favorite sport too, is soccer. Besides motorcycles, yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah. soccer. It's such a badass sport, dude. I get, I get a lot of my American friends give me shit. You like soccer? Soccer for pussies? I was like, nah, bro. Soccer <laughs> is off, dude. The, the, there's, I'm not taking a, from American football. To me, it's it's whatever, right? It's it's. Um, I'm not saying there's no skill, but dude, when you watch soccer yeah. and, it, and there's what they can do with their feet and then that ball is just it, it's magical it's awesome bro and how could you not love it dude it's great it's a great sport yeah. man come on yeah. man yeah. so yeah okay, so so you're not making a tv obviously family I, i'm the same right obviously i'm all motorcycles reruns everybody knows right but then yeah i'm, I'm i spend a lot of time with, with my son and my wife besides yeah. podcasting um yeah. yeah dude so uh what's your favorite movie like it do you have a favorite movie? No, not really. Eh? If you like, as I said, like don't watch much. We we, uh, I I spend when we're watching TV with my wife on Netflix. We're trying to to we actually watch a lot more to stand up comedy and and uh, and docos and that just for entertainment. But yeah. I've been watching a lot. Like, and I'm not saying they're my favorite movies. Uh, but I watched a lot of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, I like I like quite action action movies. Yeah. And that I used to watch like, you know, even artistic. I I've done I've done communication at university <laughs> and I used to used to have to like study a little bit of movie production and, and all that. I really enjoy sound movie soundtracks. Uh, for some reason, uh, I was big on music when I was young. I had my guitar played in bands with mates and all that, just to be cool. Love it, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I really, really enjoy a bit of classical music, and uh, and uh, I really, really enjoy listening to movie soundtracks. Um, any well, what's your favorite movie soundtrack? Uh, like you can, I, I listen to Hans Zimmer a lot. He's done the Inception movie and the Batman yep. movies yep. soundtracks. They're very. I, I just appreciate the craft of that. I'm not yeah. saying that. It, it, like they're so well made to hit the emotional, uh, the emotional brain, the, the waves so well in our brains. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, obviously, you can't. You can't stop. 
probably the most famous and, and best would be Ennio Morricone, who did who did the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Agree, the yeah. ugly, like the old school Italian westerns soundtracks, they are amazing. Um, yeah, I can't. I don't really have. I, I, you remember a movie called California Skate? Yeah. American That's movie old school. Running, yep. old school. I old would have watched. School. I would have watched that movie when I was a kid. Every time I was sick, I used to grab my v, uh, VHS tape, and California Skate was on in the morning at home uh, for some reason. Because they were, there were, there was a scene where I can't remember the name of the um, of the actor. I don't know. Like, I think Slater is his surname. I can't remember his first name. He had an older brother as well, like two brothers that were in Hollywood, like they did Hollywood movies in the 80s, yeah. 80s, early 90s as well. But there's a scene where, I don't know if you remember the theme of the movie, like he's this skater that is like, he's the bad kid in the in the family. Uh, and like his dad gets, he's with some Vietnamese gang, he gets murdered or something and he's trying to come around, understand yeah. this and he's got, gets into this Vietnamese girl. Anyway, there's a scene where he's on his skateboard and he's running around and there is, these three Vietnamese guys are like, I think one of them is on a Katana and one of them is on a Z750. Anyways, like these three naked bikes and they like, there's this scene that they're going through. I can't remember if it's in LA or Miami. It's it's uh it's the, the scene of the movie. But I remember, I remember that scene like really well. And I like, I watched this so many times. So if I had to pick to pick a favorite movie, probably would have been that. That's definitely the movie I watched the most in my life. Okay, <laughs> I would have well, watched it at least fifty times probably when I was a kid. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I yeah. I, uh, I love Frank Sinatra. He he he's one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. I, I listen yeah. to Frank a lot. He's uh yeah, right. again yeah. a lot of my friends are like, what the hell are you listening to? I was like, dude, that's what are you talking, dude? Frank's a genius. Are you kidding yeah. me right now? Yeah, dude, yeah. it's uh, yeah, see, like sim- similarly, like I wouldn't I wouldn't even take because you wouldn't know about being Italian, growing up in Italy. I I still listen to a lot of the classic Italians composers. Uh, and and songwriters, there's there's Fabrizio De Andre was a really, really famous. To me, that's poetry. It's not yeah. really. It's music. Like the way they were putting music and words together, and it it relates a lot to to human to human personality. Some of the songs are hilarious. hilarious. Like he creates these characters, and and some are very sad at the same time. So like I, I do listen to that a little bit more I, I think being an immigrant sometimes i don't quite understand so well sinatra because it's not in my heritage you yeah. know what i mean like it, it hits yeah. your notes and and to me those italian songwriters do it so yeah uh, good stuff man good stuff so uh let me ask you a celebrity crush celebrity crush in me you mean as in uh is in uh lady lady crush yep. like a whole yep. pass from a missus yeah all pass from a missus scarlett johansson yes dude, <laughs> she's badass yes i agree scarlett johansson 100 110 dude that's awesome um what's your favorite food hard hard i'm a big foodie we speak <laughs> with my Italian friends that I was telling you, we got a bit of an Italian community here that we go to the track and you should see them. We, they go, they come to track days and they bring the Italian machine, the coffee machine and the coffee, the coffee pods. It's not a capsule because it's like they are sealed in like paper and like he's actually getting them in from Naples only. You can't find them here. 
and uh, and they like in the in the tea bag kind of thing. So they got the coffee from Naples, and we share videos. All we share all the time is just videos of food from Italy <laughs> all the time. So favorite food <sighs> had to be pasta because it's like when you say pasta. It's got so many varieties, you know, the sauce, the shapes and all that. It covers yeah. it covers such a broad a broad thing, but pasta and bread, so it's a classic Italian food. It's it's uh, you can't can't pass that for me. You can't. I I'm listen, I'm a foodie too. I love I love to cook. So I I, I cook a lot at home. I, yep, I, I, same. I, I yeah, same. So yeah, we had this conversation before. I like to cook all vegetables and all. So yes, yeah. I love pasta. I love Italian stuff, but I also love Indian food. I love Thai oh, food. Spicy. I love Greek yep. food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah, love I the spice, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. All that stuff is, is that's one of the great great things in Sydney. It's amazing on that side. Like obviously in Italy it wasn't as much, it was very much it's very much Italian focused here. There's such a variety from all around the world. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It, it is. Uh, it is. What um favorite wine? Do you have a favorite wine? A favorite one? Wine. 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 Yes, favorite wine. Um, I'm I'm becoming. I I never used to be when I was young. Uh, to drink a lot of wine it was about young bees and all that but as the older i'm becoming the more i'm appreciating uh red wines um favorite are you wine. like uh, like like a merlot a chantanti cab cabs 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 sauvignon likes yeah. my taste buds but i gotta say because i come from the prosecco area so i gotta okay. go italian bubbles prosecco Okay, there you go. Italian <laughs> bubbles, man. I, that's good stuff. So uh, I, I'm a big audiobook reader, right? I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Do, do, do you right. have a favorite book or anything you're listening to? Uh, no, I've never been a big reader when I was a kid. I, was, I had to force myself to study when I was studying as well. I was always... I was watching a lot of TV and cartoons when I was a kid, opposite to what I am now, really. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, so I struggled to read. Uh, I don't. I don't have a a favorite book as such, um, and I don't. I don't read much, really. I should. I should do it more. Yeah, I like. Uh, well, I, I listen to audio books. It's like listening yep. to a podcast. I just throw yeah. in and and, yep. and listen. So, uh, let me ask you this then: uh, favorite MotoGP racer, Kevin Schwantz. Which of wasn't, all, it, which wasn't, he wasn't MotoGP, it was GP500 zero. It was 500 Grand Prix, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but Kevin, Kevin Schwann's childhood hero, yeah. What about today, right now? Today, right now, if I had to pick one, I'd go with, with Bezzecchi. Bezzecchi, yes, yeah. yes. Good stuff, yeah, good yeah. stuff. So let me ask you this, if if you could ride on any team in the world, in any series in the world, right? What wow. bike, what team, and what series, and who would be your teammate? It's funny we've been bragging about MotoGP being boring and that, but this day, when you pick Ducati factory team, <laughs> like if you had to pick the the bike you want to be on these days, yep. uh, yeah. But like, as and then and then um, thinking, I probably would have loved to be into the Yamaha factory team, like being Valentino's Valentino's favorite team like valentino was was okay, I, my, my daughter's name is valentina <laughs> there you go there you go uh, so um yeah yamaha, yamaha factory team is just that the bike is a bit shit these yeah. days <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. yeah 
Uh, funny, uh, I don't know, I can't remember his name, but the other day at Phillip Island, he used to be one of Valentino's main mechanics from New Zealand, and he quit the, the Yamaha uh, factory team. Uh, he's he's uh, with the Yamaha Australia team now. Yes. Uh, uh, not Bernard, but um, uh, Alex. His name's Alex. Uh, yeah. I still, uh, yeah, I, I was telling because the other day he's down at Phillip Island with the Yamaha boys and just walked past and he's still like, you know, you don't remember that. And he's walked past. I just went, huge smile and go, man, I, like, I, I think last year, a couple of years ago, when I, uh, not long after we moved back. And I, I went to the toilet, to the toilets of Philippine, and I'm washing my hands and just walks next to me, start washing his hand and started talking to me. And they're like, you, I, you remember this thing? I'm like, yeah. really? Yeah, really? you're like, what? I, I, I saw you on TV like six months ago. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I bet he's got some hell of a stories to tell too. Ah, right? uh, yeah, yeah, would have. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I heard some good. I had a few mates. One of my good mates, Giovanni. He used to uh, work with MV Agasta here in Sydney. He set up the MV Agasta original store, and, and they, it was pretty small operation here in Sydney. But they used to go and help when they had the team in Moto Two, and also in the Super Sports. So he used to go down to all the events and help with the team and go to the after race parties and this with all the big names. And then I heard some stories. Uh, being interesting, but they're not for the camera. I they're think. not for the camera. That's right. So <laughs> Alex Briggs, that's his last name is Briggs. Alex yep. Briggs. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, dude, obviously, you know, I'm a big Valentino Rossi nut fan too, right? I named my son Hayden Rossi after Nikki Hayden and Valentino. Yeah. And dude, yeah, I yeah. found myself Simone that man, since, since Rossi retired and you know, Hayden's no longer with us or, or Simicelli, it's, it's, I like a lot of racers, right? Like I'm a fan of, of a lot of them now. It's hard for me yeah, to just yeah. be die hard for one right now. You know, it's like, oh my God, this and that. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick one. Yeah, yeah. Well, is, before you is. had he's he's my guy. He, my guy, dude. That's my dude. Yeah. yeah. When you asked me before that, oh, I have to think about it and, and pick one. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I mean, yeah, it's it's uh but you know that you know we all had our favorites in our own categories, of course, you know, foggy, and then we got Bayless, and then uh, you know, it's dude, the list goes on and on and on. It really does. Yeah. But if I go to like I'm going to GP in, in April to, to Texas again. Um uh last year I bought some Jack Miller and and my man Brand Bender uh, some stuff, right? A t shirt and a hat. Um yeah. Yeah. this year, of course, I'm gonna get me some uh baby jeebus uh hat yes. and, and gear and some yeah. basechi uh if they have any like at the rossi store it was all just rossi pretty much they didn't have hardly any they didn't have any vr46 mooney shit i'm like what the fuck dude really it's amazing it's amazing how you still see so much fluoro yellow dude everywhere on the stands it's amazing amazing it is it really is it really is bro dude listen this this is this has been fun and this has been an honor, bro. We're we're listen, we're two hours and fifteen minutes in this, dude. We can we I could we can't keep going. <laughs> we dude, could I, keep going. Yeah, we could, but li listen, I uh I'm gonna let you go here here shortly in a few minutes. Uh so you can go on and and get to your day and uh yeah. listen, I appreciate it. Why don't uh I couldn't talk there for a second. Before we get <laughs> off here, uh, Simone, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and follow, follow you on social media and all that good stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I got my. I mainly use Facebook these days, so I just got my uh, my Facebook page, which is at Simone Boldrini. Uh, you can probably um, 
recognize it when you go and I think there's another couple of Simone Boldrini in Italy. They don't raise, they don't have a little, a little hand like this saying the Maya onto the profile page. And then they're not like my profile page has got bikes. That's what I use it most, mostly these days. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well under Simone Boldrini. I got a little YouTube channel, which I don't really use for, for, uh, um, advertising as such but if you want to see something it's mainly only for motor school and i do post videos of each session because we got cameras in the helmets uh with our foresight helmets we we follow riders and um i always post them because sometimes in the evenings you don't get to chase everyone like i mean you might follow someone where you don't get to talk about their riding in the class so if you go on you can see a lot of sessions of me on boards following people and see a bit of the tracks here in sydney um but it's not it, it, yeah it's it can be a bit boring i think it's some some of the videos you hear me swearing here and there inside the helmet uh <laughs> but i post i that i just post i just go home and i upload everything that's being filmed while i'm on the bike it goes goes on to it so it doesn't have many followers or anything. so uh mainly facebook um and yeah i use it just to promote to promote the businesses that are so uh kind and and uh we we work together on riding uh i use it to promote my business tf moto and mazelli suspension pz racing products uh bucci uh yeah uh, i think you and i chris spoke a lot about like how how like we both big advocates of sharing the passion and and if we can help into enabling people from around the world i think that, that me being italian i always use this to connect riders from there and here in Australia now with you in the US. So we actually had uh, the other night at motor school. Do you know a, a Ducati store called Bellissimoto? Yeah, Bellissimoto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bellissimoto in, yeah. in LA. I yeah. think the owner, the owner was he riding. It was a Philip Island last week. And his name is Randy, Randy Naseku or I am, something I like didn't that? talk to him. Yeah. Like I just got told that he was there and I yep. know he was writing. And then I went and, and had a look at the page and liked it. And this and that. So I've seen his posted videos of, of him riding a motor school the other night and Philip Island the other day. Uh, and I, I think that's what, what we all about. Like I would love, I would love anyone from the US that wants to, talk or wants to come to Australia and wants to ride here or needs a hand in Italy as well with my connection. Like I'm all about sharing the love for the sport. So hit me up, hit me up. I'm here. I love talking motorbike shit. Yeah, man. If anybody, you know, if you guys try to reach out to him, uh, just, just let me know. I'll, uh, I'll get you in contact with him for sure. And, uh, yeah, I, we can I, all, I'm I hope you can team me up for a ride at Laguna Seca one day. It's my nah, my lifetime. Like I gotta I gotta tick that box one day. Well, dude, I, listen, I'll, I'll I'll do everything I can to to make that happen. Jason says, "Hey, can uh, Bajusi race Moto America this year?" I, I, I'm not. I don't think they have think a class. There's no mini mini class. I, I don't know. Yeah. Is there a 12 inch 12 inch cup or similar like a a, a, a championship yeah, SF, for mini uh, motors? Yes. 
Yep. Yeah. SFL Mini GP, which I'm a yep. big advocate of. Uh, yeah, they yeah, are so, of yep. yep, yeah, they're dude. So Simon, they're they're so cool. What they do is is they teach you know racers of up and coming. Right, you could be just a beginner. You could be three, four years old, or you could yep. be fifty or sixty. You they provide everything: leathers, boots, gloves, helmets, the bikes, the whole nine. Yeah, it's wow. it's, it's proper. It is. It's yeah. good stuff, man. Good stuff. But yeah, uh, stay on here. Uh, when I end this video, we'll, yep. we'll chat for a minute. But listen, uh, what an honor to sit here and finally talk to my yes, dude, my man Simon, dude, the mayor is in the house. I yes, this is good <laughs> stuff. But listen, everybody, this will be out on Spotify, all heart, and all that good stuff tomorrow. Uh, uh, if anybody's interested in any pin gas merchandise, you guys can always go to the clothingkings.co.uk and pick up anything you want. Big shout out to my man, Martin, big shout out to my man, Jake Marsh over there in BSB, go join club 45, um, and, 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 and help him out in, in his vision and his journey. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. Everybody that always watches and, uh, supports the podcast man I, it means so much to me you guys don't even know all you guys are super mega and i appreciate every single one of you but yeah listen i got a podcast tomorrow so until tomorrow i will see you guys then all right